The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? Gavin Alexander and Caleb Ebel. What's up? Known as Turds and Bean. We are filming this at goddamn 8.15 in the fucking morning because we have the conflicting schedules. I think I have the conflicting schedule. Your guys' is fine. You have the conflicting <laughs> schedule. Yeah. Bean, how did you manage to become an adult and get less time available for yourself? That's kind of like fucked up if you think it- about it. Dude, you should, you know how like those, you know how like those uh, influencers, those like 22 year old influencers that show their schedule and it's like 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Go to the gym, 10 a.m. to such and such a.m. They make it look like their schedule's busy, but it's just a bunch of random shit. No, mine is just like, mine is just fuck all, man. Mine is just (laughs) fucking go. I'm going to be honest. If I was an influencer, my schedule would literally be like hour and a half gym time. To like you know keep my physique and then like i would do fucking nothing all day <laughs> like, I would, it's like hey i'm gonna do like these five instagram posts like you know what 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 are the big like men ones like dr squatch and like the lawnmower from fucking whatever the oh uh is. um oh god what's it called what is uh, that? I, I see that so often I'm a like real life influencer. Manscaped. Like, social media. I yeah, think. Manscaped, bro. I dude, I feel like everyone's got a fucking Manscaped like thing on YouTube. Yes. Like, everybody. If you don't if you don't have Manscaped on YouTube, which we don't, that means you're a nobody. And we don't. <laughs> so that, yeah, does that make us does that make us even more? <laughs> I feel like I feel like I played ourselves right there. We don't have Manscaped. We don't have fucking Dr. Squatch. Like, they give shit to anybody, and we're nobody in their eyes. The sad part is I have those products, so they... What? <laughs> yeah, we're, now we, we're sponsored now. Uh, by the way, I am going to apologize, but, like, not actually apologize for eating these Breakfast Crunch Wraps during the show, because Breakfast Crunch Wraps are fucking delicious. I don't apologize, but Sydney would like to apologize for her uh, continuous interruptions. She uh, just can't help herself, quote, end quote. Coffee. Hey, guys. We had a Super yeah. Bowl played. Oh, yeah, we did win the Super Bowl this week. Fuck, I almost That's forgot. crazy. I forgot <sighs> because it took us like a week after to record about it. It is almost exactly <laughs> a week. It'll be a week once this – well, no, it'll be put out today, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're doing it in the morning, so everyone might be able to hear it today. If you're listening to this and it's February 18th, I didn't even know what the date was. That, that's the sad part. When I have a busy schedule, it's no longer like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's just like day one, day seven, yeah. and then there's just some time. Yeah, yeah. Rinse and I, uh, repeat. I don't care what day it is, honestly. It's... It's not even like day one, day two, day three. 
it's work. Not work. Yeah. <laughs> it's binary. It's one or the other. I'm either working or I'm not working. Yep. So I'm not working today. Unless I can turn this work, but you know. Yeah, this is our job. Yeah, this is our job now. You know, someday we'll get paid for this. We'll go we'll be on Radio Road for the Super Bowl and like it'll be the biggest glow up of all time. Yes, I agree. Well it'll be Patrick Mah- it'll be Patrick Mahomes is the third um <laughs> Patrick Levon Mahomes the third. <laughs> but anyways, we fucking had a Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, we, we won that bitch too. Oh my god. Okay. I'm gonna get this out there early. I wanna get it done. I wanna get it off off my chest right now. I knew you knew this guy's this was coming, guys. But I did I bawled my eyes out and I yeah. want to I don't care who you are. I hope you did too. I hope, I hope you cried as well as a fan or at least experienced an emotional, um, what do you want to call it? Uh, gratitude, yeah. emotional experience and emotional gratitude for what, what we're witnessing. And so like, just, I cried at the first Super Bowl because that's the first one I've ever saw. That's yeah, the yeah, first I cried one. At that one too. That one. I cried. I bawled my eyes out like a little child. This one was more of just tears of like happiness. And yeah. so I, I like just getting that off there early. I it's, you know, straight out the gun. You know, I hope everybody experiences this all the time. It, it's I, it's such an amazing feeling. I wanted to cry, I guess. I don't know if it was because my uh, co-worker's wife were at my place and I couldn't. <laughs> it but like I was I was like super calm and everything for the first like half, even the first like three quarters. But like the fourth quarter came around, we took the lead, and I'm out my seat. I'm damn. I don't. You guys have never seen like my place, but my couch is like two thirds across the way from like my door. So like, if my living room is here, and like this is my door, and this is like my wall, the couch is about right here, right? And I got, I jumped out of my couch, took like two steps, and almost punched my door for a fist pump. Oh my god. Like I, I like, I turned the clock back a little bit on that one. (laughs) I had a fist pump. I was on my knees or whatever. I was like squatting down during the, uh, the game winning field goal. Like it it got real animated in the fourth quarter, which I guess is good because that means I still cared. I think that's, that's the thing for me is like whenever Sports will no longer be fun when it doesn't move me to emotion, and yes. that it yes, exactly. To, Gavin, to yeah, Sam, Gavin, what's that? I was gonna say, to be fair to Sam, I went back and counted by the time the game was over, and the game was over according to Sam Long with people <laughs> winning seven different occasions. So was it actually I, I Sam's emotional roller coaster that he must have experienced when he determined the Chiefs could potentially win the game? Okay, so time. like I know the one where it felt like the game was the obvious, the very obvious like moment where it felt like the game was like over was after the Mahomes like, and we'll get to this later, the Mahomes reaggravation and subsequent field goal. But the real first, like, oh, my God, this is like we're cooked moment was right before the fumble six. Yeah, because it really because we hadn't stopped that we we stopped like one time 
But like they were kind of just doing whatever they wanted, and it really felt like we were gonna get down twenty-one to seven, and like it was gonna be bad. So, yep. Gavin, what was your emotions like? We Sam and I kind of explained our emotions, and what was what was yours going through the game? So I want to save my part of my emotions for um, later in the podcast. That's but, more than um, fine. I, I I had the moment, you know, of like like I I was emotional. Never actually shed a tear. I did cry in an Applebee's at the first at. The moment Damian Williams turned the corner in the San Fran Super Bowl, I just started falling. Like that was uh, that. So like I've completely experienced uh, just tears running down in public, holding drunk people. So fucking happy. Um, on the, this one, I just was like, I kind of like Sam said, a lot more content, just happy, happy to be there, not as emotional. Um, you know, you just go outside, sit there for a second, and like. Think, just think about everything and then pretty much right after that the entire uh town of um kansas city anybody that had anything explosive they just ran outside and launched it in a random direction yeah. uh, didn't, did anybody else have any fire our town I'm, i live in you know every, well, town did. every i feel like every town there were a couple but like i i, I couldn't tell because i was talking I called my mom like right after the game and like was talking to her for like an hour so like, yeah one, one quick thing. The way I felt about this one, like in terms of like, you know, the emotional side of things, is the first one felt like it was for me, if that makes sense. <laughs> like that one, like that first Super Bowl was like payment for like all of the bad football I'd watched. But this one was like for Pat and Andy. Like this was like a, this one wasn't like as emotional because like I had seen it. And like, I guess for me, this is so cliche, but like every, there's so many fans of teams that like have never seen their team. Like they literally get born, live for 60 to 80 years and never see their team win anything and like die. Yeah, How do you think the Cardinals feel? Cardinals fans. Oh, I know. Are, yeah. I know. Like I get it. Like Browns fans, like all that, like everything like that. And like, you run in and like the thing that really like for me like kind of solidified that was like my dad's an eagles fan so like my dad like before they won in 17 uh, yeah before they won super bowl 52 like that was his reality like he'd seen them be at two super bowls and he was like 52 and like never seen them win and it's like oh shit i might never get to see the eagles win a super bowl right and so like you know you're 24 and it's like, oh shit! I may never get to see my team win the Super Bowl, but then like you win, like it's a big emotional release and everything. This one was more of like a legacy game. Yeah, like in my head. Yeah, well, I mean, well, let me, yeah. Beyond, we should just point, talk about the game. How about that? We should. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 break this game down. Um, we've had a week to kind of digest this. We're kind of behind everybody else in uh, the bar. Yeah, that... you, you want week late Super Bowl coverage? <laughs> this is the right podcast. Well, you know, play. you know, people want to keep hearing about the big game. You know, if people want to hear it, we're going to keep providing it. You know, uh, you know, if, if Eagles fans in the media are going to keep crying about the the uh, calls in the game a week Can later, I... then uh, we'll we'll cover it a week later. How about that? You know, and I'm probably jumping the gun on this one a little too, but uh, Eagle, we, we, we can wait on that one. I'm sure. Okay. You hear me unwrapping my breakfast crunch wrap. Okay. Wrap. All right. I, I have I have a you know a comment for Eagles fans, but you know. I have a no. comment for Beans fans. Wow. Wow. 
Breakfast Crunch wraps are delicious. Ooh, I want you guys to take a guess. What okay. what type of breakfast crunch wrap is this? Um, what are have, the options have, again? So in alphabetical order, they have bacon, Obviously. they have sausage, and they have steak. Okay, so did, how many did you order? You ordered two? I ordered one of each. One of each, okay. So um, now we're going to be a just tornado after this. Steak. I bet it is the bacon. He's got to check. I don't know if you guys can tell, but that's nope. bacon. Okay. Yes! Fuck yeah! Good work, James. I save the bacon for last every time because bacon's the best one. Bacon uh, is the best one, baby. Yeah, but I see what Gavin was going with there. He said chronological order. No, you weren't going with that? No, I, I thought that would be reverse chronological order. Oh, no, oh. it would be because I said steak last. Yeah. I thought bacon was the best, so he would have just ate that first. But I had the oh, logic no. right, just not the order. Yep. Sausage is the worst, by the way. Steak is slightly better. Always eat. So whenever you're eating food, do you eat the worst one first? Yeah. And then say. Then the main. Then the main. Cor- okay. All right. Cool. Glad yeah, we got that covered. Talk about this game. All right. Let's okay. fucking talk about the fucking Super Bowl, guys. Hey, so I'm going to just – I think we should just talk about the uh, first two drives together. Those were kind of like – The same. They were kind of the same thing. The Eagles got dog-walked. The Chiefs down on the first drive. They scored a touchdown. Jalen Hurts, uh, quarterback sneak, I think it was for that one. And then the Chiefs kind of just dog-walked the Eagles defense down the field and got a Travis Kelsey – it was a wheel route, wasn't it? It kind of looked – it was like from a um, – It was, it was a – it, yeah, it was a yeah, like what Gavin said, it was an out and up. Yeah, yeah. So, and Travis caught it. He burned the hell out of whoever that was. That was a blown. I don't know if he burned him. That was just blown coverage out yeah. the ass. So, a constant theme that you will see once we get into the third and fourth quarter is that the Eagles' defense somehow, some way, has zero ability to cover anything in motion, which is incredible, honestly. Yeah. So. So with the with that first uh, two drives, that was when I knew we are evenly matched. You know what I mean? Like coming into this game, we nobody could talk about anything but how these teams are exactly the same. And I said, if we come in here and score this drive, and the Eagles come in here and score this drive, we're in it for the long haul, the whole game. I, because I, and it, the, the 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 way the both offenses looked against the defense looked so similar. It, no, it's that um, I had the kind of the same feeling after both teams go down and score. It's like, okay, both teams have came to play. Both teams are prepared for this moment. It's like I didn't really have a fear with that with Kansas City. I did for the Eagles a little bit, mainly Jalen Hurts. Um, mm-hmm. And pro- props to him for proving me wrong on that. Dog, he um, balled out. Yeah. Uh, yes, well, but, yes. But I think uh, our script for the first couple drives was great. And honestly, I really felt like for this game – um, like not to jump us ahead. I really feel like the like script stuff or like us going like deep into the well for shit just never stopped. Like it was stuff that we hadn't seen before a lot and all the time. And the I was I was kind of laughing to myself because you watch like a it's third and five. The Eagles need a play, 
and it's going to be like, all right, we're just going to like let AJ Brown win on a slant route on the outside because he can't be stopped by it. Like he's going to beat his man, get wide open. We hit the pass. And then you watch Kansas City's side of it. It's like none of our players did anything incredible to win. It's just we kind of like found some space and they were in it. And so yeah, Andy was in his Duffy all night. Yeah. So with that, Andy Reid, like what he likes to do in these kind of big situations is these first drives are like feelers. Okay. How are they going to handle certain situations? And you see it later in the game, which we'll talk about, but these, these first few drives were very much the test of how are these guys going to react? And and he really does it. He does it in the first half to kind of set ourselves up for the, not for the rest of the game. Cause then he comes out in the third quarter and does the exact same thing. First few drives. Okay. How did they adjust to us in the first quarter and the second quarter? And so he does it in this a two half kind of system, and um, that, that's why he's the greatest coach of all time. Like one of the greatest coaches of all time, anyways. For sure, it's him. Yeah, I mean he's definitely up there. And so like with that, like him knowing, like I'm going to come out here these first few drives. We're going to test out these motions. We're going to test out these certain plays. You know, see how they react to them. You never saw Travis Kelsey go with that out and up again. You never yeah. saw it again. You never saw it again. You, you honestly, you didn't really see Travis Kelsey much after that. So, yeah. I mean, aside from aside from that big play, um, I, that that was, that was Andy. Really what's that? Really did have like a big quiet game. Like it was that. a it was well, Mahomes had a big quiet game. One hundred and eighty two no, yards. I, to be fair, Mahomes didn't really have a chance to have like a big game. No, like, the time of possession was very off, and so but these these that first was few the drives season why I was concerned. Like in the game because I figured the defense would just get gassed. Well, and that that's what the first um, and you know with the first half of the Eagles, what they really did well was holding on to the damn ball. You know, it was and Greg Olson mentioned it all the time. And I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to say this: they could not jerk off the Eagles enough. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, aside yeah. from that, aside they from job, they did a good job. They did a good job coverage and cover, covering the game, but. Uh, you know, third down was never a third down scenario for the Eagles. And Sirianni is very – and you're going to see this a lot more in the NFL. We did this in college, and I, I'd like to think we were kind of the, one of the first, you know, pioneers of this because um, you, you get into these situations. If you pass, I would say, the 45-yard line, why go for it on fourth why, – why not go for it on fourth down, you know? It's third down. It's fourth and it's third and six. Doesn't matter. Make it fourth and get it. Get it to fourth and three. Make it more manageable. Because mm-hmm. you know a team like the Chiefs, they struggle at stop. You, every play just seems like a net positive. So why not? Why not try to put yourself in a better situation? Don't try to go for seven yards. Aim for four. Aim for three. Make it half the distance. You know, make fourth down more manageable. And then that's when you get the QB sneak on fourth and one or fourth and two, and you get five yards off to sneak somehow for some fucking reason because Jalen Hurts can squat eight hundred thousand pounds. So, you know, it, it it Sirianni Sirianni does very good at setting his players up in in good situations. And the Eagles are at like the forefront of doing every single analytical thing that you can possibly do that like the rest of the NFL already does, plus extra things that you're like, wow, this, uh, this play mm-hmm. is going to be reviewed. 
and so they are sprinting up the field to go and hike the ball before they can like stop yep. play to review it. Why does every NFL team not do this? It doesn't matter what play you get in there. Just get something in there. Those, all those little things, like, I love that shit from the Eagles. It frustrates the fuck out of me the rest of the NFL. Oh, know. it pisses me off as a fucking opponent. It pissed me I off watching. It. Oh, no, but it, but from an, a perspective side, like, as a, you know, former uh, player, coach, everything, like, you know, seeing that is a beautiful form of football. That is that is discipline, very disciplined football. They plan this out. And honestly, from both sides of the ball, um, both the chiefs and the Eagles are very analytical teams. So yeah. you, you had big brain energy going on this whole game, but so I do wanna, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead, Sam. I was going to move us to, I, the- I was just going to mention how that's why I think Sirianni is like a top 10 coach is yes. just like, it it has nothing to do with how smart I think he is or how good of like a pl- like play caller because he didn't even call plays. He it, literally the reason Nick Sirianni is great is because he knows what his players can do and he doesn't ask them to do anything else, yep. which yep. some coaches cannot seem to figure out. <laughs> yeah, but so so, so um I I want to touch on the time of possession thing. Because I think that that, like, it's so easy for that to get overblown, especially in modern football. The Eagles absolutely controlled the ball. But in a game where there's no defense either direction, in my eyes, I just don't give a fuck if you have the ball for 10 minutes or 3 minutes. Both drives are ending in a touchdown either way. However you get there is the same end result. And why I say that, because the Eagles are just doing whatever the fuck they want. The first couple drives, the Chiefs go down and score. Then all of a sudden we see Kansas City get stopped, Eagles get the ball back, and I, Sam had mentioned earlier, it feels like, uh-oh, this game feels like there's a potential to just, like, run, Eagles run away with it, which is kind of what we thought could happen in the beginning anyways. And then that's when the fumble return for a touchdown happens. So what, like, getting us to that point, I really, really felt like that play pretty much kept Kansas City in the game and in my eyes like is more responsible for anything else than anything else for winning us the game that's yeah, just no. three points when it, I mean it's a 14 point swing because the Eagles are scoring on that drive sorry Kansas City fans and it's after a false start penalty too yeah that that play was massive um and it really really that play was so greatly needed because yes. of how how we'd gotten there like you know like you said, we score the first two drives. Defense finally gets a stop, and it goes like, oh, we can stop this team. But then, you know, we yep. missed that field goal. By the, And, like, by the way, that I hated that field goal call. I knew he was missing that kick, too. And that was one of those things where it's like, oh, my God, Andy's, like, going conservative, and, like, it's going to lose us the game. Yep. But – um. You know, so at that point, you know, you're down 14, or and then, you know, you miss the field goal, the Eagles score, touchdown, you know, they get the ball back, whatever. We're, we're at a point where it's 14 to 7. And like Gavin said, false start, little, little things, right? The real little things about that false start change the play from, you know, the quarterback sneak that no one can stop to more of a traditional quarterback run, which then Jalen Hurts fumbles while switching hands and kicks right to Nick Bolton somehow. Yeah. And suddenly it's 14 off. Shout out to Nick Bolton. <clears throat> this was his game. He was just every, he was, he was flying. 
He was flying. You know, he should have had two, you know, fumble recoveries for touchdowns. He was just everywhere, just all over the, and then honestly, in a, in a game, if he would have had that other touchdown, you know, this would have like been a giant middle finger to the NFL. Cause he should have been a pro bowl selection, having second in the league in tackles. The, this was his game. And I hope we, not this year, but I think next year we're working. We're going to extend this guy. He's he's proven it. We'll, we'll have to see about the extension. I I know that like dude. I know tacklers like at linebacker like don't always get extended. Yeah, I think he's a little bit better than that. But I I want to flip that way of looking at it, beans to the opposite way and say, holy shit, our defense played so shitty the entire game. How badly we needed just that one play, that gift from God from the Eagles to bail us out and gain mm-hmm. us a possession back to keep us in this game. Not just keep us in this game, but like well, instead, instead of uh, kicking a field goal to tie it up or like take it to overtime, we're kicking a field goal at the end of the game to go mm-hmm. win the game. I, yeah. I, I know that's not how like things change, everything like Hell that. Oh, yeah. Cause like but, I, don't, I, in that situation, I didn't trust the Chiefs to stop you know, the Eagles on that drive, you know, I'm watching. Yeah, exactly. So it was like one of those where like, okay, this is a moment where the Eagles are going to drive down score, basically put us in the dirt. Um, Either that, or we'd have to play catch up the whole game, which we're good at. We're good at playing the catch up. Yeah. But but you can't catch up if your defense can't get stops. Exactly. And then that moment really just those seven points mattered a lot. Like that was, that's the difference in the game. Realistically. Yes. 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 100%. Um, so, yeah, like you alluded to, Nick Bolton almost had two fumble recovery touchdowns. Uh, would he have won MVP? Yes, absolutely. There's no there's no way. I, I feel I want to believe that he would have. I you know the NFL has given that shit to Pat though. If he has won. So, I, but Pat statistically didn't have that good of a game. Granted he was hurt. I or he, he was hurt and he was playing on one leg when it was fucking gorgeous how he was playing on one leg. I'm sure he was. I'm again, sure he was. Uh, like, I I want to say that they would have given it to Nick Bolton. There is like nothing historically to suggest that that would have been the case you, though. Go, if your quarterback if your quarterback plays well, he wins Super Bowl MVP like almost every time. So go back and listen to like our uh first or fifth episode whichever it was after the uh um Super Bowl for the Rams and I literally like I I just listened to this actually last week going through stuff for the one year thing and it's like because I had a massive issue with uh, Stafford not winning MVP because it was just like I Cooper Cup played well. That's like fine and everything. But why does oh Cooper God, Cup? God, I get, forgot about that. Why does Cooper <laughs> yeah. Cup? Because you make that comment, Sam. But then, like listening back to that, like we're talking about, like why Cooper Cup gets it and everything. All right, well, that's that's not the precedent the NFL has set. It doesn't matter what other players do. That that's irrelevant when it comes to God, Super Bowl MVP. Does it matter? It. Play, other players like, play does well. anything matter? No. Uh, dude, I, just, okay. Are you the winning quarterback? Yes or no? That's that's MVP right there. That's I legitimately, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there, and I know we're a, a little bit off topic with this now. No, this is we're like, this is our fucking time, Sam. We're gonna talk know, about whatever the fuck I, we want. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just thinking like I I forgot when you said Super Bowl MVP, I literally flashed to an image of like Matt Stafford because I I because that's the obvious person. Of, I can't even. I didn't even remember that Cooper Cup won Super Bowl MVP. That no, that's the thing. It's like you just assume Stafford went. That was why I was so pissed off afterwards. I felt like Stafford got the shaft, and people oh, are just like, "Oh, Cooper dude. Cup, 
is like the heart and soul of that team. Like, okay, well, why Dude, is it? Andy he just Reed been narrative based award now. Why isn't Andy Reid winning Super Bowl MVP? He really like, should. Why didn't Why didn't the offensive line? Why didn't the offensive uh, give it to the offensive line? They gave up Here's zero the sacks against the number though, one. If we could give it to the offensive line, they were the real MVP of the game. Yeah, like that's yeah, not, not even a joke. I I do want to just can't uh, give it to one person. With, with that, to both teams though, both quarterbacks did a really really good job of because I mean. Jalen Hurts wasn't sacked either. I know on the stat sheet there's um one, there really is good. one. It was Leo Chanel. It was really a sack. Sack. It's not yeah. really a sack. It was well, actually there was two ran away from him and like stepped out of bounds, like well, then, half a yard behind the line of scrimmage. I have Leo Chanel down for a sack and Colin Saunders. So yeah, he would have Colin Saunders is the one I remember. Colin Sa- that Colin Saunders is the only one I remember of, and that's because he was in the general facility when he was running out of bounds yeah, and he just no, happened Jaylen to have lost a yard. Jaylen has sacked himself. Colin yeah. Saunders. Colin Sanders is going to tell his kids that he sacked Jalen Hurts in the fucking Super Bowl and to his kids and not show the fucking play. It'll be yeah, like but, Loch Ness but, Monster or something like that. But with with that, like I felt like both offensive lines, for the most part, kept their quarterbacks clean. And then on Absolutely. the opposite side of that, I don't want to hear shit about uh, Mahomes' ankle injury. I, I don't care. He still moved around fine. It never affected the game. So... Like, he was he was definitely tasting colors, you know. Hurt, but it didn't affect his play. He, he could see sounds. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, he um, was enough. It didn't affect his play. Like both quarterbacks were still able to be mobile enough that like they could get out of trouble when their offensive lines did like weren't perfect essentially. So like I don't want to. I love the offensive lines, like, you know, saying all that stuff, whatever, but having a mobile quarterback and especially a quarterback with uh, Jack Sparrow's escapability is like also helping like the offensive line, although they played incredible in this game. Um, so I guess we'll just recap the rest of the first half. Um, really nothing crazy. Um, like the Eagles score a touchdown. Chiefs get the ball back and you think, oh, the Chiefs can like the Chiefs are getting the ball in the second half. And yep. you think, if we can Double get a score up. here, we can go up, like, going back into the second half because we're down by seven, and, like, we're in a good spot. And so the Chiefs get one first down right before the two-minute warning, then go three and out. Mahomes gets that ankle tackle, and he, like, re-aggravates it, and suddenly we're thinking, oh, my God, Chad had knee for, like, Super Bowl MVP potentially. Uh, I didn't ever. I didn't ever. So I don't know if you guys ever did. I didn't think Chad Henney would ever come in. I was. I, I was like, there. Mahomes is an over my dead body kind of guy. I mean, like again, it'd be one of those. Th- it it depends because you don't really know the extent of the injury. Yeah, I mean, like theoretically, he could have like absolutely fucked his ankle up to the there, point where like he couldn't walk. No, there there is no drug illegal enough for the NFL to like take Patrick Mahomes off the field at that moment. That is a they are going down. No, I, I dude, I get it, but like you got to remember, I'm a nervous Nelly. I know, no, I I know, but like in my mind, I'm thinking like, all right, the like illegal drug list is gone. They're doing whatever he needs so that he can get money and keep the Super Bowl high ratings. That's what's that's the decision that's made. Yeah, so like Mahomes reaggravates his ankle. They punt it. Eagles like get a field goal. Probably could have been a touchdown if we're being completely honest about. Hey, I don't know why they didn't try for it there. It was well, Jalen Hurts kind of fucked up. Yeah, he needed a pass on a drag, and he should have thrown it out of the back of the end zone to get one more shot at the end zone. 
mm-hmm. because they completed that pass with like eight seconds left and have one time out. So like they had to let it, they had to let it go basically what? to make sure that they got points. Um, I mean, we could talk about the Devonta Smith, Smith, like no catch. I, I do think it moved like on the ground. I think it was kind of hard I- to see. But it looked like it moved, which Devonta Smith is kind of becoming the best catcher in the league of not surviving the ground, if that makes sense. Yeah. The I ground <laughs> the ground is the ground is the, the only thing to cover him. He's the best player in the league at going up, making a crazy catch, actually getting both feet in bounds, and then not completing the catch for like a highlight play. Which is hilarious because he also makes crazy highlight plays too. He's a fucking stud. I thought that kind of bailed us out because yeah, you know, okay. I got to like talk about this real quick. (laughs) The chiefs have not had the ball to end the first half on any of the three Super Bowls with Pat and Andy. Like they've just not like the Niners kicked a field goal right before halftime. I think it was right before halftime. The Bucks scored a touchdown right before halftime, and then the Eagles kicked a field goal right before halftime. So, huh. like, the Chiefs have never had the ball to end the half, and the two times that we held them to field goals, we won, and then the one time we get the touchdown, which was completely Andy's fault, by the way, we fucking got blown out. So, yes. I don't know. That's just a weird kawinky dink. But we got bailed out. I don't want to say bailed out. We, we got bailed out against the Niners because that – that offensive pass interference against Sorensen was dog shit. I, I was at that game, and that was a bullshit call. The no catch for Devonta Smith was, like, probably not a catch. But we did get bailed out by replay. Yes, Gavin? I would go so far to say we haven't played well in the first half of a Super Bowl yet with Patrick Mahomes. Um, but This was Pat's first, like, good game in a Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I mean- don't don't – even no 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 no. i I have a i have a question oh okay i thought you were gonna interject about how pat played well like that there there are literally people out there who will tell you pat played well like in super bowl 55 because they're just such meat writers it's insane but yeah no so was that was the Devontae smith play was that when um we had that snafu where like um that everybody thought that it was a first down, so the defense, but the the Chiefs thought it was, you know, still an incomplete pass, and they were hanging back here, and Sirianni is waving his arms, like, come on down here. Was that the one where everybody was just, like, moving oh, back and forth on the field? I think that was. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that was the one that was, like, super weird with everything. Oh, my God. That, that, that watching Sirianni do that really pissed me off, really frustrated really me. And I was like, I hope to God this is an incomplete pass. Yes, Gavin? So, two things with that from Sirianni's point of view. The first one, do you remember, twice they got up to snap the ball as fast as fucking possible. Oh, yeah, and then, and then, yes. The other side of that, your players and everyone starts moving down the field, getting the game ready to go. You know that the referee watching the replay and everything on the sideline is like watching like the game moving along, knowing that like this is interrupting the game and the NFL doesn't want that. That's absolutely a psychological effect on everything as well. Um, so like I, again, the Eagles doing legitimately everything that they possibly could besides uh, ironically 
like settling for the field goal twice, which ends up costing them the game. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, like I, I want to point out that side of it. Like they are moving up the field and whatever, because it's like, we got this, like, we're just going down here. The game's moving along. I absolutely think it's a like psychological play into the like sideline reviewers, the people up top, just like, fuck, we can't tell, but let's just either go with the call on the field or let's just get this thing moving. I think that's what it is. Um, but I'm, I mean, realistically, the best thing that they did was just getting down, trying to snap it initially. But well, and I, then it was a weird, it was what happened that, you know, cause there was like a break in between there where they tried to run down, the ball wasn't snapped. And then they tried to snap it again in a hurry. And because, so uh, they, there was like a substitution. Or something. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. They substituted. And then, no, and then it, okay, okay, okay. That was a different play though. Oh, that, okay. That, that was the Dallas Goddard one. Oh yeah. The yeah. Dallas Goddard one in the second half, because he went out of bounds and went around the sideline, it counts as a sub. Apparently, it counts. I, I don't know. Oh yes, that's right. Yes, but it mm-hmm. counts as a substitution when he re-enters the field, and so the Eagles tried to snap it. But but the Chiefs back. the the Chiefs have to have time to substitute. to substitute. Yeah, and then they tried to quick snap it again, and then Andy threw the challenge like, and guess what? None of it mattered because he caught the ball. Yeah, <laughs> but that no, but that was that later. Yeah, I, I think that everything that was reviewed in this game they got correct. Realistically, I I, I think everything from the officiating from this game was really good in my opinion. And I was real worried when I saw we had. I was really worried when I saw we had Sheffers. I was like, but then again, it I'll wasn't. Be honest, they they called it a really good game. They they like, did good, but it wasn't Sheffers crew. It was a you know an all star crew. It's the you know the number one crew. So they yeah. did really good. Not a lot of flags flown. Um, we'll get to the one later. And then but yeah, but you know in the first quarter they missed Juju Smith Schuster pulling on his arm. Yeah, that's no, I, I it, it happens. It happens. There's stuff that's there's stuff that's missed. There's holding calls that are missed. We'll we'll get to that. So but, anyways, the Eagles kick the field goal. They're up by ten. And uh, honestly, uh, I guess we'll just cover the halftime show because fuck it, we're, we're gonna cover the halftime show. What do you guys think? Super Mario. Um, <laughs> Super Mario. I saw that meme. Um, Gavin did not care. I didn't. I didn't really watch it. My uh, thing is, I, I saw the end. I saw the end of it though when she was going on the platform up in the air. How come she doesn't have to wear a harness? But OSHA tells me I have to wear a harness if I'm up a, in the air. That, dude, okay. So my my coworker that was at, at the uh, Super Bowl with me, he's like. He's like a weld engineer and everything. So like he's done like stuff like that like all the time, like going up on harnesses to like weld stuff. He actually yeah. worked at Cat One Mega, which is super weird, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was like the first thing he said. He was like, Oh, where are you from? Like the first day I met him. I was like, Oh, like one Mego. He's like, Oh, I used to work at Cat One Mego. And I was like, This is fucking weird. <laughs> um, but anyways, he, he said he had the same goddamn question. He was like, wait a minute, where's the harness? Like there needs to she needs to have like three prongs of connection or whatever. And I was like, I dude, I don't fucking know. Yeah, why is why is that not a safety violation? That's uh, fucked we'll up. Take a step back and consider that she's also pregnant. So that's two people. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. The NFL doesn't care about care about the you care about the okay. performers. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so here's what I will say about the halftime show because I actually do want to like air some stuff. I thought it was like okay. <laughs> um, 
Uh, like, it was a. It, nobody sings at halftime anymore. It's just a performance. It's just dancing. Well, like, but that's the thing is last year's was like super good and like honestly, like Super Bowl Fifty Fours was pretty good. I don't really count Fifty Fives because that's like COVID stuff. I mean, I like yeah. So I mean, I was fine with it. But like, my thing is, and this isn't this isn't like an like I I love Rihanna's songs. You know what I mean? Like she has a lot of really good songs that I like. But like, I think the main issue is is one, she's pregnant, so like, and, like she can't knowing pregnant. You know what I mean? Yeah, so she can't like, move she much. Have that kind of energy or whatever, which kind of like just makes it like someone's just singing. Like you're just kind of listening to like her songs on the uh, like on YouTube almost. Yeah. So like the the songs are good, and she is having a really good vocal performance, but it's not like super entertaining, and yeah. like. Honestly, the thing that hurt me the most, one, when they played all of the lights, like I understand why Kanye is not there. Like I'm not, I'm not like trying to defend <laughs> Kanye for anything. When she did all of the lights without Kanye, like that really hurt because I, that's one of my favorite songs. That's such a good song, and not to have I Kanye know. there really disappointing. Or at I least, know. yeah, and it yeah, was yeah, real I disappointing. I don't even want Kanye there. Like I, I, like I'm not even asking for that. But it's just like, man, I kind of wish he didn't do that one. Because that one hurt my heart. But, like, yeah. I couldn't believe there was no... Dude, like... Like, she has so, so many songs with, like, Drake and Jay-Z. And I was like, bruh. I know. Like, Why didn't she have more like, people? Like, it, it was just it, her. Like, I get, like, it's just her. And it's, like, her first, like, Fourier back after some time. But it's, like, damn. Like, I was really hoping Drake would come out and they would do, like, a duet or something. So. I just... Uh, my only takeaway on it was laughing how every single like big performance and like, like Super Bowl halftime shows it always has to be made into a movement. But uh, for some reason, no one cared about the child and uh, the movement that was made for pregnant females. So um, <laughs> one thing I will say, and this is the this is the dumbest fucking thing. When she like descent, I, I guess she didn't really descend, but like when she was up on that platform. It remi- God, this is so stupid. It reminded me of the Lady Gaga halftime show at Super Bowl 51. And Lady Gaga literally jumped from the roof, like down, like on a Oh, like, yes. Yes. Whatever. And then the Patriots won. The Patriots came back from 20 or came back or whatever after Lady Gaga, you know, jumped off the fucking roof of Atlanta or uh, wherever the fuck that Super Bowl was. Houston. Houston, yeah. So, like, I guess, like, I thought, ah, you know, we have a different woman coming down from the Raptors. So, like, I guess we come back in this game. And come back we did because the Chiefs scored a touchdown the very first drive of the game in the second half. Yeah, this, uh, we get back to the second half and, like, we we talked about in the first half, even more so in the second half, just uh, both teams trading scores, just different ways of getting there. Um even more of Kansas City, like, especially that first drive was just beautiful. The Eagles defense could do nothing. It didn't matter what they do. Nothing matters when you're playing the Chiefs de- uh, Chiefs offense. It doesn't matter how many talented players you have. It doesn't matter how many talented players the Chiefs have. There's just open throwing lanes. There's open passes. There's open running lanes. It's this just easy. And um, that was – I mean, the Eagles get the ball back, and everything I just said about Kansas City was the same, except they're just like – executing actual football X's and O's and beating players one-on-one and a lot more of that. But I, 
really it felt like for the majority of the third quarter, it was just both offenses are going to get whatever they want and um, just don't fuck up. Yeah, and honestly, the crazy part of it was was the Chiefs did a lot of their damage on the uh, ground on that first drive. And honestly, okay, I don't know if either of you saw this, and I don't know because, like, we, we could talk about how bad the field was, like, at the end of the game or whatever. Yeah. Everything. We can talk about officials and field at the end of the game. About yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed this, and this is when I actually like this was the most pinnacle concern of like the game for me, and it lasted like one or two plays afterwards until I realized that Pat was fine. But on that first like stretch handoff of the second half, Pat like kind of lit to hand it off. He didn't like do like he did against the Jaguars where he was hobbling, yes. but he, he was looked, he looked like he hopped. Like, yeah. He did it, like very subtly. Yeah. I thought, oh my God, his ankle is like is like toast. They didn't yeah. give him enough court all. But then like, yeah, he was fine like second. the next couple plays. So what was that, Gavin? I, I think the illegal drugs just took a second to like kick in. No, well, like legitimately. Like Okay. Real thing though about that, like he, he gets hurt. He gets hurt right before half. Okay, Super Bowl. You know, usually a game halftime is about thirteen to fifteen minutes. You know, yeah, before you're like coming back minutes. out, he has thirty minutes. That is a plenty of time for Burkhold, Rex Burkholder and the staff to either a inject whatever fucking drug they wanted to put into him, or b tape the living fuck out of it. Which I don't know which one they did. I'm not. I'm not speculating which one it was because I'm not going to sit here and say we did any. I'm not going to say anything. We did anything illegal because this was a clean Super Bowl. Anyway, so like aside from that, like you have a half hour. You have a. You have a half hour. You have a half hour of recovery time. That's what I'm going to call it. You had a half hour of recovery time, and that was plenty of time. And so, you know, we came back out, and he did hobble. He did hobble, but you know, I think I think the adrenaline kind of gets to you, and you kind of okay. I'm back in this. I'm back. I'm back. And so, I I want to say one thing. Pat said that they didn't like give him any drugs at halftime, and that is just a bald face. <laughs> that is just so false. Um, the best tweet I saw, I cannot remember what I think it was a quote. It was a quote tweet of one of the guys that I follow when he retweeted it. But it was something like, "They're gonna pump Pat so full of drugs, he's not gonna be feel, gonna be able to feel anything till Tuesday." <laughs> but I don't think he was feeling anything Wednesday either at the parade. But that's no, like, that beside the fact. Uh, Pat's ankle probably felt. Have you ever seen like the video of like the chicken leg that gets like smoked and he like picks it up by like the end of the leg and all the meat just falls off? Yeah. That's how I envision Pat's ankle after all the drugs wore off. No, like on, like on Monday morning. Well, I will say I've had high ankle sprains in the past. Like I fucked up my ankle once and and it was during football. It's not the day of, it's the next day. And then yeah. you can – so what I did was I would – I imagine Pat had the same process because this was in college too. So, like, I taped my ankle under my sock. I had my sock on, taped over my sock, and then I put on an ankle brace, tape over that brace, and then I put on my cleats, and I would put tape over the cleat and spat my ankle with the cleat. And then I'm sure – I. 
And it, well, I never took that. They wouldn't give me that for some fucking reason. Anyway, so like, um, it, and you can you can move you can move and stuff. You um, side to side motion is a little difficult, but you can move forward and backwards, and you can kind of plant on it a little bit. I've had I'm not sure it was as severe as Pat's, but I've had that injury before. It's not the day of because the adrenaline's carrying you through. You can move, you can run, you can do all this stuff. It, it hurts a little bit. But you kind of know when it's going to hurt. You have like these little um, things in your head going off saying, oh, this is going to hurt. I'm going to feel this one. So you kind of prevent yourself from doing that. I'm sure he knew what I'm sure he knew his limitations and kind of worked to his strengths that way. It's the next fucking day, man. It's the next day you wake up. You do not love it. You hate it because it hurts. You can't move it. You can't, you know, and that's where you you got to go back. You got to do treatment and stuff like that, which I'm sure he did or didn't. I don't know. It, that's whatever he did the next day. It's after the Super Bowl. I don't care. We won. It, it, so, but I will say, from like an athlete perspective, um, it's not during the game. It's the next day. Is well, that the same ankle? Like, I I never got the answer to this question. I'm sorry, Gavin. But is that like the same ankle that's like always hurt from Pat? Is that? I don't know because I know no because like, during he hurts, 50- he hurts an ankle like. Every fucking year, to where uh, he's just doing his little penguin hobble walk like off the sideline, and then he's fine. So first year, the like, first the year we won against the Niners, it was um, a concussion. He went to concussion protocol. No, the, no, 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 I, I know, I know, I know. No, but the second year, the second year against anybody, you are misremembering the one that he went to concussion pro and the concussion uh, whatever was the year that we lost. Oh, okay. No, because I thought the year that we lost was no, turf toe. We I thought it was turf come back, Titans win, bang. The next year was That's Browns win with Chad Henney, Bills win, lost in the Super Bowl. Oh. I thought it was turf I thought it was turf toe. He had turf toe one of those it years. It wasn't a concussion. I he, anyways, I'm he had right. he had turf anyways, the one year he was hurt, it was turf toe, which is a fucking bitch. That thing hurts I, I like a motherfucker. And he had to have surgery. He had to have surgery for that one too. So like, yeah, he has he has injury issues, but he plays through. That's besides the fact. Anyway, back to the game. I, I was well, just wondering if it's the same fucking ankle. Like, is is like just one just leg just retired, mutilated like, because his ankle like needs to be like completely replaced or something like that. Uh, like, he's he's probably got a mutilated ankle by the age of forty. To, to wrap up the Mahomes injury stuff and to like point on point on the beans and stuff here. Mahomes didn't hurt his ankle during the Super Bowl. He hurt it two weeks ago, and it's not fully recovered. Like, you can say, like, it's the next day or whatever, but, like, it's currently hurt, is already feeling the pain. Hi, Matt. Hey, look who I found. Give him the bike, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. Man, this is high tech. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, this is JV, man. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the Super Bowl, Matt. We're uh, we're talking uh, about uh, Pat Mahomes' ankle. What do you think? Well, it was it was. I think it was uh, the coach's idea. <laughs> Fake it, right? Oh, oh, that's actually not a bad idea because then you because then you come out and think like uh oh Patrick Mahomes is hurt we don't have to we don't have to change anything we don't or have like, to adjust oh, we're gonna try and like kill shot it yeah so like more pressure yeah I the ankle injury was faked argument a hundred percent I 
I did actually think of that. Uh, that, that that's a good point. That's a good point. The other conspiracy is uh, so Reed wouldn't let the Chiefs watch Rihanna, but they never said if the Eagles did or not. Oh, so, oh. The Eagles oh. did. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine an NFL team in a halftime room. Or on the field, just watching a Super Bowl performance when they should be adjusting. <laughs> well, but if they so, remember Evan McPherson watched the halftime show last year. Okay, too. he's a he's a fucking kicker. Uh, yes, but you know, if the Eagles watch Rihanna at halftime, that means the teams that watch the halftime performance are and two. Oh, hey, hey, there we uh, go. That's how you know to make your bets? Which might be down the teams once they went down ten. It's kind of a misplay on my part. They are a team comes from behind. I know. That, that's a lot. That's a missed opportunity. Your shows the Big 12 is the league of the quarterbacks, though. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts for that one season that he was there. Well, he, <laughs> he claims the Big 12 because, I mean, Alabama wasn't really very good to him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, an OU, he's an OU quarterback, not an Alabama quarterback. <laughs> Not this year, but <laughs> this year. <laughs> I don't. We Kansas State beat the uh, best quarterback in that Super Bowl, so I don't know what that means. And we beat the worst quarterback in that Super Bowl too. And we, oh yeah, we beat both. Yeah, we beat both those yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, that's right. It's just it didn't matter with Mahomes because Cliff Kingsbury. So I'll, <laughs> I'll never get to ask you this question on podcast real quick. So um, we're going to pause our Super Bowl coverage real quick. By the way, for those of you not on uh, YouTube. Matt Totten is in my home in Independence, Kansas, <laughs> and now this has become a Super Bowl and Matt Totten episode. How about that for the uh, next next little bit? But um, how does it feel to know that K State beat Oklahoma the last time they're ever going to play in football? Oh, I guess we're not going to play you guys this year unless we make it to the Big Twelve title again, which I don't think both of us will. No. <laughs> Which means that I get bragging rights over you, you and <laughs> especially Cody for the rest of time yeah, until we play yeah. in a bowl game or some bullshit like that. But you guys would probably be in the playoff like every year. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I think they're they're underestimating the, the switch. I, I think they are too. And it'll bring me great joy to see you guys be seven <laughs> and five. <laughs> Frustrated because I just now have gotten over mourning the loss of the Big Eight, and now we're going to leave oh, the Big yeah. Twelve. There's so. only four teams left in the Big Eight. <laughs> it's it's yeah. K State, KU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Nobody <laughs> wanted us. <laughs> hey, but if Colorado comes back, they'll be five, I guess. So, no, they're not coming back. They might. Beans, my uh, my unverified sources told me or has said on Twitter that the Pac-12 is only going to get $20 million a year for their media rights deal, which is like $11 million less than the Big 12. The Pac-12 is just going to demolish. Which means we would get Arizona and Arizona uh, State and potentially Colorado and potentially Utah. <laughs> we're now the Pac- – we're now the big – what would that be, 18, big, big 16, the big 16? The other thing that I've read, you know, this we're going completely off the rails. This is awesome. You know, Matt is taking us to, on a different journey. Gavin's not even here anymore. He's getting um, coffee. He's getting coffee. But um, the, the big thing that I've seen from him, and again, I'm probably speculating misinformation, but, you know, I don't care because no one gives a shit. We're not even sponsored by Manscaped. Um, 
the the big conspiracy I've seen is four Pac-12 schools, right? And then Gonzaga, Nova, St. John's, and UConn for basketball only. Good lord. Most of those conference with 20 basketball schools, so we play like 19 conference games, I guess. And then, how uh, much you ever keep track of it? I don't know, man. But then we uh, apparently they want to like have the big 20 tournament in like Madison Square Garden or something, too. So that would be oh my god, wild. Got a 20. Uh, my god, that would be a long that's time. so many you games. Doing a run from like the 20th spot, you'd have to win your playing game round of 16, round of eight, round of four. Oh, that's so many basketball games. At that point, I would just say, yeah, let's just lose the first one and prepare for the tournament. For the big thing, exactly. Yeah, if you're the fucking 20th seed. That's true. Yeah, like you're going to have to fight to make it, but good God, that's a lot of basketball. I forgot that Travis sent, like, attachments today in our fantasy group chat. Oh, man, that's brutal. Oh, man. I don't. Mike Evans. What? Um, something about Mike Evans. Um, have you guys talked about? Have you guys talked about uh, the uh, Ahern, the last athletic event in Ahern? is like yesterday. Right? Oh, it was like, it was yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it was the last track. It was the last track. That's really sad. That is sad. I've always wanted to do like what Texas does. Texas always has one game in their old gym. I wish we could do something like that at K State. That'd be so cool. A preseason game that's like Washburn. Yeah, do it. Do it like against Fort Hayes State or something like that. You know, just just a low game. Nobody cares about. It. Nobody's gonna be there. Dude, okay. Like on the real though, I've said this before. I wish if, if I could like change one thing about K State, like real a, a realistic change, not like oh I wish we had like a fucking natty because that's like not realistic. If I could change one thing that like we actually have like legitimate control over in the history of K State, I wish we never moved out of Ahern. Yeah. Like well, I, the thing I, is, I, like Ahern, Ahern just doesn't have the size or the capacity to doesn't need to. But, but you know, they could have. They could have invested the money in that. It's only a year older than Allen. Yeah, like it, it's literally not even like but Allen, I think, has more Allen has more square footage, I think. Probably, but I don't know. Because yeah. Ahern, Ahern is more like it's it's not as long, I think, as Allen's I, I is. For me, I don't care. <laughs> That's like, true. Ahern got screwed around. I remember it's in the eighties somewhere where they lowered the capacity from fourteen thousand to eleven. So How much does Bramlage? Bramlage is eighteen. I'm I'm looking it up. Bram. But it used to be a gas because people would hang off the rafters in Ahern. Wow. Crazy. And way louder than Allen. Bramley well, that's because. holds 12 sets. What? Yeah, Bramlage only holds 12,528. So you're telling me Ahern could have held more people? About doesn't... The, or at least around the same. That's what I'm saying, though. Is like, I wish. That like they never, I I wish they never moved out of Ahern because like it's it's on campus. Like I'm okay with them moving out of Memorial because like they were never gonna be able to do the shit that they do like 
at the bill right now. Yeah, like, tailgating is tailgating's K State's pride right now for football. Yeah, and, like, dude, honestly, that stadium is just that stadium's incredible. Like, yeah, but like for me, like football, uh, this is gonna be such a weird take, but like football feels like something to where you need like the facilities for. Yeah, like it's its own island. Football is its own entity. Like football is like about getting the facilities and like playing in the fucking dopest crib and everything. But like for me, and I think that's because like stadiums can look so different and it's like outdoors and everything. Me for basketball, it's the history. You know what I mean? Like that's what I care about basketball. It's like the old, it's like the, in, in baseball too, honestly. That, that's why I'll never forgive the Yankees for getting rid of the old Yankee stadium. But it's like the ghost of like, you know, players past. You know what I mean? Like they played on like this hardwood. And you think about all the people who sat in those stands and watched like them beat like the number yeah. or whatever. I, I do like what K-State's doing though. Like it's all centrally located in one area. That's I, smart. I, I'll give you that. Again, I would still rather have Ahern because it would I agree. Been- it it would it would have been really dope to just be able to walk from my dorm for like five minutes to get to the basketball game. Well, and also like you, they have that parking garage right there now, so it's not like people would have to walk so freaking far yeah, for a game. Dude, it would have been so easy. Like, if the games were at Ahern, it'd have been so easy. And you know, I don't know if it's could have. I don't know if codes were an issue or something like that because I'm sure you have to have multiple exit points for so many thousands of people. So maybe that's why I don't know. I think that's probably part of it, and that's kind of where Matt was talking. Yeah, about. I know they, they. I can't remember what the details were, but sometime in the eighties, they cut the total uh, capacity pretty drastically. And that's yeah, changed. Once and also like once you start making drastic improvements, you have to start making meeting so many ADA re, or uh, right. uh, you have mm-hmm. to start meeting so many code requirements after so many upgrades. Um, I'm sure they didn't want to. I'm sure they would rather have a new facility than put money into something that old, I guess. I don't know. It's, I don't know. So is Ahern just going to be like equestrian now or what, what are they doing with that? Ahern? I don't know what they're doing to Ahern. I tried reading an article yesterday and it didn't really say what the future projections are for Ahern. Ahern. Dude, I know. As long as, dude, as long as they don't tear it down, I'd be so pissed if they tear that thing down. They need to keep it for something. They either need to, need to make it. They can't even make it rec related because they have it. They already have a rec center. Yeah, sports museum. That's what I would do. Just think oh, that's that, a good idea. Like a K State Hall of Fame. State Hall of Fame. Yeah, like you said. Like, you know, you got like a game ball from like the fucking twenty twelve like title team. Or yeah, that's what I would do. I I would just make it a K State Hall of Fame. The problem is they have classes in there, don't they? They do. Uh, the The north side of Ahern is well, classes. I don't know. Maybe it, you would need to like. I don't know. You it's like the physical. It's like the not physical education. It's like sports. It's something. I don't know. It's physical related. Well, um, I, I, I guess I don't really care what they do with it as long as like it's there. It needs I, up. It needs fixed. Like there's like no central AC or anything like that. Yeah. It needs. It needs work. Um, no matter what they do with it, it needs to be there though, because like that is that's like the connection to like the when K State was like well respected in basketball. Yeah. Um. Anyways, back to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, back to the Super Bowl. I, I was hoping that Ahern would buy us <laughs> enough time to get Gavin back for copy. But uh, so the big like turning point in the Super Bowl really kind of was the Chiefs score in that first possession out of the second half, and the Eagles get you know into the red zone and they're ready to punch the ball in, send their counter punch, and then that didn't happen, and they had to sell for. A field goal and I think that was the moment you, you know how like in boxing like you know everything seems like it's going one way and then you get one shot on a guy and you hurt him yeah everything starts to open up that's how that felt holding them that field goal felt like that one shot they got Kansas City back into the game I, I truly felt like that was the punt return because see oh yeah yeah that's true Especially because, like, we'd been finding success after uh, Pat's ankle injury, um, running the ball, like, I don't taking the ball out of Pat's hands effectively. And then it's like, you know, we're still thinking about the alleged ankle injury. And then we get a bunch of free offense again out of the punt return, like, just taking pressure off of the offensive side of the ball because we weren't really it, the, the feeling around the game is unsure about Patrick Mahomes' health. And then you, like, essentially just give them free offense running the ball and the punt return. That was the, like, that that was the play that kind of turned it on its head for me. And, like, oh, uh, shit, we might so actually win We're, like, already in the lead at that point, in my opinion. Like, right, this is the point. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, for me, like, this stop was more of a the Eagles dog walked you all the way down to, like, right inside the goal line. And it almost took the mick out of their aggressiveness. They almost blinked on it because like we've been seeing them go for fourth down over and over again. And suddenly we're in a position to where you have an option to go for it on fourth down or kick the field goal to go up by six. And they chose to go up by six, which like, I don't know what the analytics say on that, but it was like the first blink by the Eagles because really like, or at least offensively, because really like, you know, they fumbled that ball. They fumbled the ball and Nick Bolton returned it, but then they scored right away. That was the first like blinking from like the Eagles, like at least Nick Sirianni that I saw. And like once he blinked, it was like, okay, like we kind of, we, we got this. And so this is the drive where Kadarius Tony ran his route where he stops and turns and goes the other way, which, yeah, by the way, every call. That's the upcoming drive. So, Kadarius. Yeah. Kadarius Tony runs corn dog. It, it's called corn dog. I fucking guess. So, it, I love it. But the so there is there's two there's two sets of plays that Andy Reid did in this game that really caught my eye, um, and he really was testing here. So in the first half, he ran a play to Juju where it was blown dead and it was called and it was going to be a screen and it was with Kadarius Tony and everything. It was supposed to, you know, Kadarius Tony lined up at running back wheeled out and the play was blown dead. He ran at the next play, but Juju was pretending to block and then go up. This is the same scenario. He's testing uh, how they react to motions here and Kadarius Tony on this route you know, he's just coming in motion, which causes the Eagles to overflow. And a lot of a lot of teams do this. They just bump. They bump their corner up to safety. Their safety rolls over to kind of overload that player coming across the field. And 
Doug Peterson actually did this against against them for the Jaguars, and I think Bienemy might have called Doug and said, "Hey, did you guys do this?" Um, this was uh, this was Bienemy's play. He made this play, um, and with that, you know, he stops. He sees the overload, causing Kadarius Tony to go the other way because there's nobody over there. There's no corner help on that side of the field. It's, it's wide open space. Every college team is going to run this next year. Now it's going to happen. <laughs> Every team. Everywhere. And it's such a, it's, it's one of those like big brain plays, but it's so simple. So that play is like a very, I don't want to call it a variation, but it kind of is. It's, it's the Devonta Smith play from Alabama. I don't know if you guys remember this, but when Alabama won the natty in uh, 2020, Devonta Smith would always run that play where he motioned across the formation and then just like ran that like flat route or whatever. And like it worked every fucking time. And mm-hmm. like because and it was like it was the same thing with the Packers that season. They ran it against the Rams in the playoffs. And Devontae Adams like torched Jalen Ramsey on that play too. Yeah, I it's remember like that. the same thing. And like everyone fucking ran it for the next year. And it's gonna be the same thing. It's just yes. a short motion motion. Well, and, and if you watch that, and if you watch that, um, Travis Kelsey is the next receiver in, and you could tell that his job was mainly to draw that double team, which causes extra receiver or extra uh, defensive players to be on him. You know, the the um, they they set that up for a reason. They didn't put Juju on that side for a reason. They didn't put Sky Moore over there for that reason. They put Travis Kelsey because they knew. Um, and that's where he came out. It actually was in the third beginning of the third quarter. They did run a motion. It was, um, I can't remember who was the motion man just coming across the field. And he's, they saw, you know, they saw the bump. And so they knew, all right, the analytics say that 85, 86, 89% of the time, the Eagles bump. So we're going to do this here when we're this close to the end zone. Honestly, we could have ran that from the 30 or 40 and made it. It, it was yeah. wide open. Yeah, and then, I mean, the next – so that gives Chiefs the first lead, 28-27. And then the Eagles go – I believe they went three and out. I can't remember if they went three and out. They, they get – the Eagles get stopped, and that was kind of the second blinking because, like, that was, like, when it – that was kind of one of those things where it's, like, fourth and three. And, like – I feel like Nick Sirianni's going for that, like in the first quarter. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like the. Uh, I remember saying during the game, right? I mentioned it before halftime, and then especially in the second, I was like, the Eagles got to go. Their field goal is not what you got to do here. They they'd already yeah. fucked up at that point. That's the. Because uh, I remember people like, you just got to take the points. Like, no, you're playing Kansas City. They're gonna score whatever and whenever they want to. This is uh, you got to get points, and if you don't, the Chiefs still got to drive the length of the field, and I they they were still able to tie it up and get the two point. Um, but yeah, because I this is if I'm not mistaken where you're at now. This is the punt return after they go three. Yes, out. yep. So for me, like what is weird about the sequence that leads up to the punt return is it finally felt like inexperience crept in for the Eagles coaching staff. And they they went away <laughs> from like <laughs> your dog is going berserk. That's what he is chewing. Um but it felt like they tried to be too cute in that situation because it's third and three. 
and they decided to throw the ball at Jalen Hurts. And every other time that game, when you're in a third and manageable or third and short to the Eagles, and you know they're going for it, like on fourth down, it was a read option or straight just like inside zone play. Yeah, yes. And they didn't run that, which leads you to believe that they're not trying to go for it on fourth down there, which I think was kind of, like I said, the second blinking of the coaching staff to where they, for lack of a better term, they didn't have the balls to fucking, like, go take the game by the balls. Yes. Yes. Yep. And so then Eagles punter fucking line drive punts it to Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony makes a fantastic play yep. on the uh, field reversal. They get the ball down to the five, and it's the longest punt return in NFL history in a Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're at with that. Yeah. Jody, enough. did you guys watch that punt? Jody Fortson, I, I think it was Jody Fortson, obliterated three people. Obliterated. He even took out Darius Harris. He took out one of his own. So he, he took out four guys on that block. And that was, you know, Dave Tobe. I've sh- shat on Dave Tobe all year. Yes, correct. You have. I have shat on him this whole year. I'm glad we finally figured out we can put somebody back there. To, it, it, it came when it mattered most, you know, when Sky Moore did the return. Um, you know, that boosted his confidence, I felt like, for the end of this year. Um, Kadarius throwing Kadarius Tony back there, you know. It, I've shot on him all year. It, it Dave Tobe didn't really matter there because Kadarius Tony was the one that had to make that return. And to me, it felt like it, it, it had me so resemble gave, gave me resemblance of Dante Hall. It was just one of those nostalgic feelings. It, it yeah. is a great irony how our punt returning definitely lost us again against the Colts and definitely caused us so much heartache throughout the season. And it's almost like we probably practiced it practiced it more than we should have because we kept fucking it up. And it's a great irony that like we probably don't win or it's much harder to win both the AFC title game and the Super Bowl because of punt returns. Exactly. The this season was full of irony. <laughs> so and then I think the thing that gets super lost like about that punt return is the Chiefs didn't gain a fucking yard <laughs> or never after that punt return until third yeah. down, like one or two. Yeah. So, you know, third down comes, and this is the play that like everyone's talking about now. It's the same corn dog play to uh Sky Moore on the other side, except Sky Moore was like when Kadarius Tony would have lined up wrong. And yeah, yeah so Andy Reid was about to call a timeout. He's motioning to the official to call timeout, but Patrick Mahomes snapped the ball, and then they scored. So Reid was just—you just see Reid on the sideline go. <laughs> he just waves his arms. <laughs> so the fact that we—what's that? I was gonna say the funniest part about the entire play. Did you guys watch like the NFL Films thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The funniest part about that play is how Mahomes literally looks over at Cody to like motion him over. And like Tony just looked it up and like points over at Sky Moore, kind of just like, and it's just like, what? <laughs> and yeah. Was so goddamn confused. So wait, was Sky Moore? So Sky Moore was not supposed to run that route. No. Wow. Well, so I think I, it was supposed to be the exact same play, but like I think it was supposed to be the same side. 
Yes, I was, I've heard. Nobody knows. Um, is the one thing I've heard. Uh, Mahomes mentioned in his press conference that uh, Sky was the one that was lined up offsides. Um, so like that's the most credible source that I've heard from. But it was also like phrased in a way like I don't really know what was supposed to happen. Like not wanting to throw anybody under the bus. I think Sky Moore was supposed to be on the line. And Tony was supposed to be off the line so Tony could do the motion. But Tony was on the line and Sky Moore was off of it because they were just confused or whatever. And so, like, Sky Moore had to be the one that motioned because, like, he was off the line. Yeah. No, that's I, what I, uh, I don't know. It w- ended up not being that big of a deal, but it also just cracks you up because you, we talk about all this thought all these analytics, all of the coaching, everything that goes in. And then you realize that like, these are human beings running these plays and like <laughs> every single play people are fucking up. It's like, we talk about like similar to my rant before on like people talk about, that's why the quarterback put that pass 40 yards downfield, right in a bucket on the outside. It's like, all right, like, yeah, he probably like tried to, but he's doing that 60% of the time. Like it really just kind of put in perspective, like, Everything you got to do in the middle of a game, think on the fly because that script, that bullshit only gets you so far. Yeah, so the Chiefs take a 35-27 lead at that point. Um, I'm feeling extremely good about our chances, which was a mistake at that point in the game. And then the Eagles pretty much get a busted coverage to Devonta Smith. They get down to the one. Jalen Hurts scores a NFL Super Bowl tying uh Third rushing touchdown. Yep. So you know, and Jalen Hurts, his his ability to run the ball is just un, he doesn't he has deceptive speed. Like he's not gonna he's not a he's not a burner, but by golly, he can get he out there. Doesn't run like Lamar. No, yeah, he does. He doesn't. He doesn't. I think. I think he. He looks more natural running the ball. Like he doesn't try to. He doesn't try to exert so much energy. He's just smooth with it. Yeah, he's like, a, he's, he's like a more athletic Colin Klein. That's like what yeah. reminds me watching. And yeah. He is short. Jalen Hurts is only like 6'1", isn't he? Yeah. He's a powerful motherfucker. Yeah. J- Jalen Hurts really does feel like that kind of dude who you would think is 6'4", but he's really only like 6'1". Yeah. And yeah. honestly, like, I can't imagine, like, him being taller. Like, he's like the perfect build for his style of play. And, like, I'll rant about this uh, later on with Beans. But, like, then the very next play, they got to get two points. And they do nothing special. They just say, Jalen Hurts, we're going to put this in your hands. And he powers through to the end zone. It's like, yep. just, you just go win, Jalen Hurts. Like, we are better than them. Just go win. And he does. Ties up the game. And, it, like, then we get to this point where I'm like, all right, the Chiefs are going to score. And you know that it's going to turn into just this, like, clock, weird clock management type game after this. There's a lot of time left, so the Eagle, you still think the Eagles might get a chance to score. And um, I don't know how we want to approach this, but Chiefs drive the field without any major issues and get to the point where they're starting to not score on purpose and you start doing all the time bullshit. And we mm. get to the holding call. So that's, that's been coming. We're here. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess the one thing I want to address before we address the holding call. Is that your boy, Matt? All right. Well, we want to thank Matt for uh, being on. Uh, it was good talking about Ahern with you, Matt. Have fun. See, are you uh, are you going to come back for? Uh... All right, sweet. All right, Matt's off to Tulsa, everyone. Bye, Matt. Bye. Drive safe.
Bye, guys. Anyways, so, um, <laughs> uh, good old Matt. He's <laughs> not exactly what I was expecting this morning. <laughs> but, um, I, I do want to say one thing before we talk about the holding. Uh, that run by Mahomes, like, oh, yeah. I guess I don't, was that on third down? That had to have been on third down, right? It was, yeah. it was, it was third and long, yeah. Okay. Because I, I couldn't remember. And because, that, like, I, I was so lost in the sauce that, like, everyone, like, on sports radio the next day is like, oh, yeah, that's, like, one of the great, like, plays in Super Bowl history. And I'm, like, lost in the sauce. I'm like, I don't know. Like, he just kind of ran the ball. Like, it was on a bum ankle, I guess. Yeah. So, so 100%. I forgot. I forgot down. I forgot time. I forgot everything about that play. Because that was just kind of one of them plays that, like, you know, happened in slow motion. Um, let's see here. I'm looking I, it up right now because I, I, I am just to get it too. That's the other thing is like I wasn't worried. Like it's just it's third down, but is it really? We're just trying to like burn. Clock this one says point. this one says first and ten. Oh, that was a first and ten. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I'm back on my I'm back on my ranch. Seventeen yard run. Yes, it's a seventeen yard run on first and ten. I'm calling cap that that's one of the great bull plays of all time. Yeah, absolutely. If it was third and ten and he did it, yeah, I I got you. Like I believe you. I'll give it to you. I'm calling Cap that that's one of the like great plays of Super Bowl history. That play is overrated by sports media. Yes, hundred percent. And if you want to tell me that the ankle injury is fake, uh, Patrick Mahomes losing no speed, no ability, no nothing on that ankle injury, whatever. That that's where I'm coming from. But you could see like, sounds and taste colors, bro. Like that's why you could run. I, I, it's so narrative-y, and, like, I understand it's really cool, but it literally affected his game zero, just, like, objectively. He still yeah, was able probably to probably affected his game positively because he had to stay in the goddamn pocket. Yeah, and then the one times he does, he's still outrunning defensive ends that are more athletic than him in every single way. So, like, All right. I got nothing. We avoided it too long. We got to talk about this goddamn penalty. Fucking sucked. Go that ahead. penalty was crap. I don't think so, but I, I know you don't think so. I don't like that penalty in that situation, and I'm not going to apologize for my take on that. Um, I'm not going to apologize for getting for receiving the penalty either, because you know I'm not. But I'm also not going to. Uh, I'm not going to sit here idly by and lie to you and say that I didn't. I didn't like hate that at the moment of getting it. So I also don't. I also don't think that. Uh, I don't know how much time is left in the game at that point. Sub two, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yes, like it's sub two. Long. It was right after the two-minute warning. It's um, sub two, and the Eagles have, like, what, one timeout left? So they, they basically have, like, a minute 50 and a timeout to, like, go get a touchdown, right? Yeah. Yes. So, I don't know. Can the Eagles do it? Yeah. Are they going to do it? I don't know. Are they going to get a field Okay, goal but I don't know if we can hide the fact here that – he did displace him. He did hold him. You cannot look at that video and say, "I'm not saying that that's not true." So I'm what? You don't want you don't want officials to call a play in the first quarter that they could that they call in the fourth. First quarter, so that's why I'm. I know the consistency. I will say the consistency is off, but for what the officials saw, it it he saw enough displacement on that play. Honestly, I'm going to say it. They missed Orlando Brown having a hands in the face on, I think it was Hassan Reddick on that play. So yeah, yeah. they missed that too. Um, upsetting, and we probably would have picked it up. They probably would have. So I'm not, I, 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 
come on this podcast all the time, complain about officials, but I'm also here to back them up as well. Like I'm, I'm here to say like, they do miss things. It, it happens all the time, but also they catch them. There happened to have been whether Mahomes throwing that ball up in the air to nowhere made him see that. I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I don't know. Again, it just feels gross. You know what I mean? It does. And, and I can understand where everybody comes from. You know what I say? Don't fucking hold him. Yeah. Don't hold him. Yeah. You know what prevents you know what prevents that? You know what prevents that? Don't hold him. Don't grab him. Don't touch him. Yeah. No, I get it. I absolutely get it. And I'm with you on that. Again, I'm just saying I hate how we're talking about that and not about Pat and Andy. Well, I think Pat, get, I think I Pat gets his plenty of – I'm actually really only pissed off because when you hear about the Chiefs, everybody talks about Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. I think Andy doesn't get enough love. Like, I think I Mahomes agree gets with that. his due. Um, I think Andy Reid gets kind of the shaft from sports media when it comes to that stuff. Uh, but, yes, we talked about the holding call and Mahomes' legacy, and that's it. Um, beans, to, like, address this – uh, again, yeah, stuff's missed, stuff's caught. So, like, there is subjectivity to referees throwing uh, calls already. Um, there's a reason you don't see pass interference called on uh, Hail Mary passes, even though there's pass interference on every Hail Mary pass. Well, like, that's the same reason you don't see holding calls. There's holding every play. Yeah. It's just no, the, severi- the, it's the severity of it. I, I just want – again and. Think back again to think back to last year's Super Bowl. The Rams win that Super Bowl because the holding call on Logan Wilson on the and people just people just forget that. I I know, but then like this, we are robbed of the opportunity as an objective football fan stepping away from Kansas City. We are robbed of like, all right, the Chiefs have drove down and scored. Can this like up and coming quarterback and Jalen Hurts take his team down? two minutes to go and go win the Super Bowl when he's been the best quarterback the entire game. Like that's a really like, I hate missing that as an objective football fan, that moment for Jalen hurts. It's really shitty for the Eagles. All of that. The other side of this too, that I like just hate. I'll talk about this even more later. It's like the Eagles come out after the game, say all of the right things, just like everything. I'm like, you pointed out like, yes, James Bradbury saying that it's holding and just like, incriminating himself like i respect the fuck out of it it is holding yes they like didn't debate on it whatsoever i respect the hell out of that from them just like we're moved on it's holding it sucks we're gonna go do our thing and on the other side you have juju tweeting out uh after like literally getting bailed out because mahomes throws that pass to nobody he throws the pass once he sees the holding mahomes was Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, does all of these things, and puts the game in the hands of the officials on third and ten to win the game. And, and that's a very good point. That's a good point because they didn't call I that in the first that. quarter. They they didn't call it in the first quarter. I, they could I have very easily the they could have very easily did a no call here in the fourth quarter. Very easily what? could have done it. And then what? You're stuck on fourth and eight. Right. Do you kick the field goal? Do you go for it? That's where I was. Uh, I I don't mean to like take it off of what you're saying here. I'll go. We'll go back to you. But like. Um, I would have much rather in that situation on third and eight, I would have much rather have pulled a, let's get, you know, three or four yards. Let's make fourth down more manageable, or let's get the first down. You know, that, that looked like, Hey, let's get a shot here. Or Mahomes saw the hold and was like, okay, well, I'm going to throw this and see if we even get the flag. I don't, I, I don't know. I wish, I do wish the play would have been different. 
But then I, you know, we got the flag, and that's where I say, you know, that don't fucking hold, don't hold, don't grab. That that's where I'm at with that. So back to what you're saying about the whole juju posting and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, no, that, that was really funny, but like it's such a it's a cheap it's a cheap it's a cheap shot. Juju was good. It would have been way more it, like it would have been yes. funny. Well, but and Juju's I don't know. Not, I, Juju's I don't not know. good enough to do that. <laughs> I don't know if Juju thought like Bradbury and him are bros or something like that. That that could be a thing. You know, maybe like people were being just reactionary. Maybe he thought like, hey, Bradbury and I are. But I don't I don't know. Maybe that's why he could have done that thinking they were bros. Um, and then it didn't happen. You know, maybe he should have clarified with Bradbury if they are bros. <laughs> I, 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 dude, if you were my friend, though, like I send that to you personally. Like, I yes, don't put yeah. it on Twitter. Yeah, yes, exactly. Or, or maybe like send it to him. Like, if I had something like that for Gavin or Sam or anybody like that, I'd send, I'd send it out because you have like what? Like, probably 300, three, four, 500 followers. You might have more because you, uh, me, I have a thousand. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I, you know, okay. So, like, let me clarify. So, I'm thinking about, like, I got foursome, and, like, that's kind of from high school. But, like, you went and you coached and, like, you played. So, I'm oh, yeah. you have, to have, like, way more from there. Yeah. So, it, that's besides the fact. But, yes, like, I, I would at least, like, send it. I would at least send it to you and uh, <laughs> I would at least send it to you and say, like, hey, I'm going to tweet this out. You cool? <laughs> like, are we all right with this? I, I don't know if I would. I probably would just tweet it and just, I honestly, I'd probably put it in a group chat. Cause like, yeah. I'm being real. <laughs> like for that, like the only, the only people who I would want to see that. Cause like, if I tweet it, it would just be for like those specific people to see like our boys. So like, why would I just text it in the boys group chat? So that would be exactly roast them. No, I get that. And that, and that's you know, that's here. That's neither here nor there. That's right. their prerogative. They wanted yeah, to right. do that. They fought about it. They, I, they I had their moment. Act like this, that like penalty because we talk about it. This is has nothing to do with the Chiefs. Has nothing to do with it being the correct or incorrect call. I don't want that call made in that moment. In the same way, I don't want it thrown on hail mary passes. Just all of that stuff. The, and the Chiefs have been on the other side of this, too. D Ford didn't affect the play when he was offside, but it was called because that was, you know, the correct thing to do. Exactly. If, if D Ford didn't, you know, don't line up offsides, yeah. that solves Aaron the issue. Offsides in the Super Bowl, and it's not called just because it's missed or whatever. Like, this shit happens. The, the key is being there all the time. So when shit happens one way or the other, you're there to, you know, Except, like, you're there to take the good side of it when shit goes your way or the bad side. Like, we we have two Super Bowls now, and <laughs> you can make the argument that uh, we should have zero if Emmanuel Sanders' fingertips were stronger and if we don't get that holding call. So, like, yeah. that's the, it really just boils down to I don't want the Super Bowl decided on a Patrick Mahomes throw out of bounds because he wants the referees to make a call on a play he didn't think he could make. That's like, that's just bullshit to me. I hate that. I hate that for football, hate that for the Eagles, but it happened. And here we are. And now we kick a field goal, uh, run time down. Jerick McKinnon makes one of the like most stereotypical vet moves of all time. And uh, Eagles get the ball back and Jalen Hurts slips game over. Kansas City explodes. I explode. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. So, no, it, I, I go ahead, Sam. I was gonna say this is kind of a thing on how close football is. You talk about how we might have zero Super Bowls. 
Yes. We're we're about as close to zero Super Bowls as we are to five. Yes. Because if you beat New England, like there's a good chance you can beat the Rams. Yep. Like if G four doesn't line up offsides. Um honestly, I don't really know how we're gonna beat the Bucks. I'm be honest. I don't really know how we win that game. Being healthy. Um, well, being healthy or honestly just the Packers winning that game instead, I yeah. think that that Bucks team was a bad matchup for Kansas City. Um and then, uh, you know, last year, like, not choking against the Bengals and then just beating that Rams team. But, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree with you completely. It goes – all that. my main point is just that shit goes both ways. Shit happens, which is why mm-hmm. I respected the hell out of how the Eagles, um, especially James Bradbury himself, handled that. Um, cause, like, the – the funny, the funny thing about it, like we've been talking shit on both defenses the entire, the entire podcast here. Like, it, pretty Bradbury's much. like sitting there knowing that, like, I like, I didn't even have that good of a game. There's more I could have done, you know, every single other play other than just that holding play. And then you look at Juju on the other side, who didn't do a goddamn thing except run to open space a couple times and catch the pass and fall down. Um, that's uh, he's the one that's talking shit after the game. That's. Yeah, there there's multi-levels of issues. Beans, I agree with everything that you said. It is holding. I especially on something like that where you can clearly see as a referee, arm extended, jersey pulled, automatic flag throw without even thinking about it. I understand that a hundred percent. And I don't want to like put that on the referees personally or whatever. I, I understand how they get there, but you just gotta have the wherewithal to say, like, in the same way, this is a Hail Mary. Uh, pass like unless there is just fucking like someone knocks someone out in the end zone I'm not throwing a uh, like pass interference penalty that's going to give them a QB sneak on the one yard line to win the game right like, yeah that just that those calls don't happen there and we've accepted that but it did there and it sucks but Kansas City wins so it doesn't matter for us uh, oh god I yeah I should we get into the legacy stuff after this game then? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the biggest legacy uh effector is the Cardinals field and Oklahoma State's uh grass. Um <laughs> All right, let's talk I, about I think it. That's all the way down the gutter. <laughs> let's talk about it. The NFL spent $800,000 on a field to look like that. That was horrible. Um, that that sucked. That honestly and I, uh, so there's a couple things cause I'm kind of a, this, I do this, like I, I do field maintenance and stuff like that. And I'm very big on this kind of stuff. Um, so the NFL, they spend that this has been two years in the works. They two years prior to this year, they spent $800,000 with Oklahoma state, uh, to work on this grass called Toma 30, Toma, Toma, Toma 31. And anyway, anyways, um, it's a new blend of grass. You know, it's supposed to be hardier. It's supposed to be, you know, better. There's new, new grass. And after the Super Bowl, they donate it to a high school. After that game, if I'm that high school, I'd say no. <laughs> I'm saying no. <laughs> fuck yourself. Yeah, I'd say fuck you. This grass sucks. I do think there might be, and my boss and I kind of talked about this a little bit. I do wonder if, so like, at Arizona, you guys know that they have that little retractable platform where the where it can move in and out. Cool as hell, by the way. It is cool. I wonder if this is a huge issue with it 
that platform is only so deep, you know, it's probably like, I don't know, you probably can't see. Oh, so there's not enough room for the roots to grow down? The sod is only so, there's only so much sod on the earth. Yeah, there's only so much soil content. And it's a lot, usually a lot of times with grass and stuff like that, there's a lot of sand, there's a lot of soil. You know, it's a good mixture for this grass to kind of, you know, have the roots grow deep. And so that's what I'm wondering with this retractable, you know, usually in any other NFL grass field, it's all dirt down below. So the roots are stronger, they're thicker, they have years to, you know, bond and stuff like that, which makes it easier for them to be, you know, makes it easier for your cleats to stick. Well, when you have less soil content, that means it's more surface area for you to slip around in. The roots don't grow all the way down or connect and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if that might have an issue with it. That's what uh, the Kelsey's actually said on uh, their pod. Is they oh, said really? They mentioned that the roots like probably didn't take hold deep enough. That could very and well be true. Yeah, so like – and so they, they said on theirs that a big uh, problem is that so many people run on their toes nowadays, which is like decreasing the surface area of like, A, your foot, and the amount of cleats to like actually grab. So there's more force like coming in on that sliding action. Yes. Because it's just your toes, and that's how surface area and force work. So I don't know, but that field was – that field was a disaster, like to the point where I honestly thought it was like a joke. But people are saying that Pacheco slipped on his uh, dance. And I honestly thought it was a joke slide when I saw it, but like apparently he did. Like if you got dudes slipping on celebrations, like oh my god, like that feels well. Like- and and then I thought it was like the paint because there's a lot of and I'd like to know what kind of paint they were using because you could tell. Whenever there was, you know, the logos or anything like that are out of bounds, people were just sliding everywhere. It, it's and ridiculous. Then, I don't understand it. Like, I don't – the NFL really does feel like – the NFL is run by billionaires who feel like they're trying to cut, like, thousands of dollars off by putting together, like, the cheapest thing possible to, like, make it passable. And it's just like, by God, man, like you have billions of dollars, like make sure the field doesn't fucking suck. I mean, I mean we also got to realize that like the largest leap in logic made by the American public is the assumption that bill- billionaires are like super smart. Correct. <laughs> well, so many billionaires are just trust fund babies who like took over like their trust fund dads, like fucking business. Well, and like with that, there's been this big push from to move away from turf. And so I almost wonder if this is like their way of oh, jabbing back at like, oh, oh well, grass. The, the NFL conspiracy theory that they want to keep turf so they made the grass field shit so that way they didn't have to do it. I thought they no, just overwatered Big the turf paid them a ton of money. <laughs> big turf. Oh my God. Big turf. But I mean, okay, it, was, so it, it was both sides. We've uh, capitalized on our window, you could say. All the jokes of this is a rebuilding year. This is what it looks like. Um, My big fear, because there's nothing stopping this. It is what it is. Um, It doesn't matter what talent we have on our roster. Nothing matters. My big fear, and it gets even worse by the fact that, like, Andy Reid isn't talked about by uh, big media. It kind of, like, bothers me even more because of that. 
Fanny Reed retires, like I am legitimately concerned because we can talk about Patrick Mahomes as much as we want. Would you guys be surprised? Eric Bieniemy gone, Andy Reed gone. Uh, we uh, would you be surprised if Mahomes just like goes back to Texas Tech Mahomes without Andy Reed and like we're really confused and like really pissed off with this new coaching staff all of a sudden and everything isn't easy anymore. So, um, no. actually, this is uh, with I, this I is a this like- is a good point, Gavin. Um. You hit the nail on the head. You know, we won a Super Bowl on a rebuild year. So in our eyes, like, there is no, you know, bad offseason for us. We can prove that we can literally make any – we can make a seventh-round pick look like a, you know, a third-round talent. We can make, um, you know, two corners off the streets look okay, decent enough to carry us through the year. Um, it doesn't matter what kind of offseason we have. We can always make a net positive out of it. On your side of that, saying you know, you, you know, we can go ahead and mention it. Eric Bieniemy is now gone. He is at Washington as the assistant head coach and offensive coordinator. He moved up. This was a move up position for him. It's a multi year deal, so he's he's there. He's in Washington now. With that, you know, who's next in line? What happens next? Is Nagy going to be the OC? Yeah, what if- you know, Nagy's going to be the OC, baby. And he got him the best coaching candidate he's ever produced. So that's where I'm wondering if Andy doesn't retire because now he can work with Nagy. Now he can get Nagy trained up for it. I think, I think, I think Reed, I don't know Reed's, I don't know Reed's contract. They don't disclose that information, but I do. They, I I don't like how the NFL does that, but I also like how the NFL doesn't disclose contracts for coaches and stuff like that. That's fine. Um, I do think Andy Reid has some time left in him. I think he's got at least two more years. He he's still moving. He's not like Bill Schneider, where he's like a walking glass base on the field. Andy, you know. To answer your question, Sam, Andy Reid made a comment pre-Super Bowl about like contemplating retirement. Yeah, and Tom Brady's been contemplating retirement for like eight seasons. <laughs> well, so, okay, like, I'm saying that's where the rumors come from. The man himself I, said, "Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I yeah, but I don't know, man. It, there is so much gas left in this tank that, like, I, I guess Andy's like seven, seven years younger than Pete Carroll and like Bill Belichick, and I get that he might not be like one, as healthy that long, but like, there's so much gas." Here's the thing. Here's why I don't buy that like whatsoever. Because Andy's a competitor. He is. We, we're we're looking into rarefied air for both Pat and Andy. And I, I tweeted this out yesterday. But here here's the total list of quarterbacks to win three Super Bowls, like in NFL history. Brady, Bradshaw, Montana, Aikman. That's the list. Like, that's it. Here's the coaches who have won three-plus Super Bowls in NFL history. Belichick, Noel, Walsh, Gibbs. That's it. That's the list. There's eight people, like in NFL history, combining quarterbacks and coaches, or in head coaches, that have won three Super Bowls for quarterbacks and head coaches. And Andy and Pat have an opportunity to become 9-10. and 10. And that is a very good point. Um, like, that is like that is something to where it's like you go from first ballot Hall of Famer 
to literally like top five coach all time, hands down, like what like you're done. Yes. You know I mean? And I think like, that's where that's where you're hitting the nail on the head. Yes. Like who, what coach is like better than the only coach I can think of is like Tom Landry and like Vince Lombardi's different because Vince Lombardi only had the chance to win two. And Tom Landry, like, is highly respected. But, I mean, like, when you're talking about top five coaches of all time, like, Belichick, Nolan, Walsh are, are there. Like, every like Gibbs Gibbs isn't for reasons I don't – I couldn't tell you why. But Gibbs is, like, top ten for sure, like, on everyone's mm-hmm. list. And, you know, most people, it's like, well, this guy's a top ten coach because of longevity. I think, like, what is it, Shula lasted for so long or something like that. Yeah, Don Shula is, like, obviously on that list, too, like, of top And so coaches. you talk about these con- coaches with longevity, but I like what you brought up that is really a good point. Andy Reid, he's a, he's a little bit younger. I don't We don't know where his health is at is everything. But he loves – football this guy just drinks eats sleeps he doesn't leave the office and that's where i don't think he will know when to retire i think he's gonna last longer than his um heart will give i think he's gonna i think he's gonna honestly die on a field because he's one of those guys that just doesn't know when to stop he's he's been doing it for so long this is all he knows his brain keeps moving. I'm sure he goes home and thinks about football. I'm sure his wife and him just talk about football. Um, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It, 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 he is, this is, it's honestly weird that he has us by the balls in this situation. I, in my personal opinion, I think he retires like before Belichick and Pete Carroll age. If I take a best guess, I think he's got like two or three left probably. Because I think you want, I think you have to try and take as like a couple shots at the chamber to get to that third one. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sam, like, Gavin, what are Gavin? We haven't heard you state your opinion. It's it's really simple. Like we we've uh, over the last like couple minutes, I've heard a lot of people say that they know what Andy Reid is thinking, and only Andy Reid knows what Andy Reid is thinking. Correct. Andy, Andy Reid came out and said that he's at least thinking about it. So the only two things that I know is it's a possibility, and it would be really, really bad in my mind if he did. And like, oh no, yeah, if he if he did retire, you know, like that's really bad. It's scary. It's yeah, it is scary yeah, to think about. It is scary. I will give you that. But that's I'm gonna like, leave it. I'm gonna latter half of 2017 though, and I am I'm I'm gonna leave it to Hunt and Veach though to convince him to stay if he does. I don't think there I don't think there's gonna be convincing. I don't think he needs convincing to stay, but I'm gonna leave it to them to talk to him, talk to him. You know, I'm sure they're very much. Uh, you go when you think you're ready. Go to pasture whenever you think you you're done. But here's where we're at. Here's our check. You know, I we think we think you have this much time left in you. Well, it's it's Andy's at the point his career and is one enough. It's purely a personal decision and a legacy decision. Those are the only two things that matter at this point. Yep. For yeah. Him. So, and that's the the legacy part. I'm, I pretty much exactly what we've said here. It's the uh, you have the legacy side where like it's easy to see why you'd stay and keep trying to win. On the other personal side, like at some point retirement just becomes a non-football decision. Like it's just. Not 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 just health, family, whatever else is important to you in your life because you realize, holy shit, I'm 65 or whatever and want to just not be working anymore. That's yeah. I mean, he, he could retire right now and be one of the best coaches of all time. Yes. 
or you can keep going and be the best coach of all time. There's two yep. sides of the coin. Yep. So to me, if I take my best guess, I think he, I think Andy will give it at least two tries to try and get to three. Because I, I go ahead. No, no, I keep doing what you're doing. Oh. <laughs> my my best guess my best guess is two or three tries to win like number three, but like if he won if we won this next year we win Super Bowl fifty eight and he gets to three he's out of there like I I think that's that's a I, good assumption yeah I think it's I genuinely think because Bill Walsh is like Andy Reid's like I don't I don't know if he. Like Andy Reid, like comes from the Bill Walsh like tree and everything, like West mm-hmm. Coast offense, like all that crap. If he matches Bill Walsh, like there's no reason to keep going, because Bill Walsh like invented the West Coast. Andy like runs the is like from that tree, runs the West Coast, you know all that crap. So I think he gives it a couple. If I had to take a guess, he gives it like two, maybe three shots to get to three. But what once he's at three, he's done. The only possible reason he would stay after this year if they won is if he thought they could win three in a row. Cause if he won three in a row, like no one's ever done that, but Everything. I don't think, but no one's ever, I, that that's a different discussion. I don't think anyone's ever going to win three in a row. So much. You got to go right to accomplish. Yeah. That. Like there, there's like in NBA, like it can happen. There's so much. Yeah. There's just so many variables to winning three in a row in football. Like it, it will probably never happen. The uh, everything we just said about Andy Reid, though, to where like today retires, he's on the list, like the best coaches of all time. He's a part of that. Yeah. Same thing said for Mahomes in my mind right now, except um, he can keep winning. He can keep doing things and keep playing. I feel like he has to take the step without Andy Reid and win without Andy Reid and like do this stuff without Andy Reid to become the best quarterback of all time. But I feel like if he does do that, that is his spot. Like, that's the only thing he has left to prove. That's that's it in my mind. That's how I look at it and view at it. What do you think, Beans? So you, you actually, that's actually a very good point. I wonder if, like, Veach is, you know, he's constantly, you know, he's he's constantly turning, you know, like, as an organization, we have such a blue-collar mentality organization. They, they work their asses off. Um with that, like, I wonder if this was a test year for Mahomes. Can he win without the players? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, can he win? Maybe it's like a weaning process because Andy Reid's no spring chicken. Can can he win without Eric Bieniemy? Can he win without Andy Reid? You know, like there might be a slow burn process here. Um, it's when the Travis Kelsey leaves. It's when the and you know Chris Jones leaves. It's when these names that are no longer, um, you know, are the the core names of our team are gone, and then you don't have Andy Reid, you don't have the enemy. You know, you're going to have somebody like, um, you know, Matt Nagy as your head coach or OC next year. Like it's going to be a test trial pro for the next for the next I would say two to three years. It is completely we're going to see a lot of testing here. Yeah, as well, as an organization, we're going to be tested. To uh, I I don't even I'm to the point with Mahomes and like have so much faith in Andy Reid that 
God, this is going to come off terrible. I don't even care if Travis Kelsey retires. I don't care if Chris Jones is gone. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. You put those two uh, people together. Yes, Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer. Yes, he adds a lot of things here. But, like, Mahomes and Andy Reid together, like, we, we this roster is so bad compared to all of the other rosters that we played throughout the playoffs every step along the way. And, like, the, the head coach and quarterback combo we have right now is so incredible. It does not matter. I, I like, I understand where you're coming from with that too, Beans, but it, it literally feels like the last thing that Mahomes at age 27 has to prove is like, can he do this without Andy Reid? Because if, if Andy Reid leaves and we get a bunch of just like, like really good, but like no Mahomes magic and like no MVP style stuff from Mahomes anymore, like, I don't think I can put him in that best quarterback of all time undisputed whatever if Andy would you retires and Patrick Mahomes doesn't change anything best quarterback all time not even close like there is a discussion That's would you like, rather see would you rather see Mahomes do it without Andy Reid as a young quarterback at 27 28 or as an older quarterback at 34 any, any, any point. point yep That's the I, only I, thing he's got left to prove yeah, I think uh, Pat still has like some developing to do. I think the I think the plan is to get him to thirty. Andy can leave, and then by that time, Pat should just be like good to go. Yeah, like, by that time, Pat, he's experienced a lot of football. Andy Reid, like it, it, he should be fine by that point. Also, in defense of our future head coach Matt Nagy, um, he did get Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs twice. So. Yes. And, and you got to remember, like, ownership at Chicago was horrible. He wanted what? out of it. You changed that. Still, okay, still horrible. Well, Pol- Ryan Poles is a good – he's a good guy. I uh, but- I do want to say um, Justin Fields as a passer looked better last year than this last year, in my opinion. We'll see how first-round pick Chase Claypool does, uh, but – in, anyways, that's that's besides that's fucker who's doing stuff with that. That that's besides the fact. Um, you know the Ryan Fields stats. I want to see what his like QB rating was from last year to this year. Anyways, um, hey man, he he Justin Fields went for twenty two hundred yards, seventeen TDs, and eleven picks on an eighty five rating under Matt Nagy, and then under Eberflus went. Uh, for 1,800 yards, seven TDs, 10 picks, and a 73 rating. So respect Matt Nagy. And Nagy, you know, you um, he was the quarterback's coach this year. And, and getting busy with it during the Super Bowl parade. Oh, my God. But Nagy, Nagy was here, and apparently just everybody loves the shit out of Nagy. He understands the players. He's very much a player guy. He understands them, loves them. Um, always he's, he's probably the right guy to take over that OC role. Cause you remember when we had him, it was with Alex Smith, you know, that was one of the better years Alex Smith played. I'm, I'm telling you right now, this is my, this is my bold prediction and I won't ever be able to be proven for it wrong potentially. Cause he may never actually be our head coach or, you know, whatever, but Pat Mahomes, Nagy's going to be our future head coach, and Pat Mahomes is going to drag him to a Super Bowl victory, and Pat Mahomes will be granted greatest quarterback of all time status by that because he won with Matt Nagy. 
Or Matt Nagy would just get a complete uh, image repair because he's, you know, coach under Andy Reid again, and Mahomes is a freaking genius. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> it, I, 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 like, this is all going to be a test here. We we, we mentioned it. It's going to – it this offseason, there's going to be a lot of decisions being made. Um, I, I My opinion, I think Andy's got a lot more left in him. That, that's where I'm I at with that. I think you overestimate the amount of time Andy has. I think Gavin un- – I don't, Gavin doesn't underestimate. Gavin's just going off what Andy said. I yeah. think the I think well, the media who is running with the narrative that Andy Reid is going to retire like very soon. I think they're underestimating the amount of time he has. I think Beans is overestimating. Well, I mean, we could say it as well. Travis Kelsey mentioned it on his podcast. You know, he's always thinking about it. You never know. Yeah. You never know. You know, we lived in a world where Megatron retired at the age of, what was it, 28, 29? Andrew Luck yeah. retired at the age of 28. I was say, those guys were competitors. And they were all competitors. Exactly. So we don't know. Like, honestly, Patrick Mahomes at the age of 32 could say, fuck it, I'm washing my hands and leaving. Like, we don't know. It's, it, it's at any point. It's it's the job of the owners and the management to react to these situations or to be prepared. And I'm sure, you know, winning helps. You know, all those guys left because they were in losing organizations. Okay. One thing we have going for us is we are winning and we are creating a dy- – we're going for a dynasty. That's what we're shooting for. Um, that that helps out a lot. Yeah. Here's, Andrew Luck was also too smart. That's also a reason why he retired. No, that too. So, so the, the, that that's the huge difference. You see a lot of people. You know, Luke Keekley retired young. It, it was he said it was because of concussions, but also he wasn't in a very you know winning organization when he left. So it it's all you know those situations. I I do have a question. So was Mahomes, Mahomes going to be twenty eight this year? So we'll go like twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, thirty two. So like let's say five years from now, Mahomes just hangs it up. Right? He just decides like he's done. Like we'll we'll say like his ankle is just like fried like you know whatever like his ankle so he has such a bad ankle that he has to retire at thirty two. Let's say we win nothing between now and then, but like Mahomes is still playing at like a high level to where like we still could win if he played like a couple more years. Like, what is your reaction to that? You know what I mean? Like, are you like? Is it just like we don't care? We won two Super Bowls. Like you're a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like congratulations. Or is it like okay, but like we still can win? <laughs> to to get back to what I was, is Andy Reid retired during the middle of this? Like does Andy Reid retire just halfway through those five years or tomorrow or whatever? Um, like we'll say Andy coaches like two or three years. So like. We're like we're like a couple years into a new regime, and we're still winning, right? Like, yeah, like that. That's that's the preface. Maybe we're not winning the AFC West every year, but we're making the playoffs every year, and we're always like in the mix. If if so, from the Mahomes side, if Mahomes is still an MVP candidate without Andy Reid there, then he's best all time. Like, no no question. Just kind of what I was addressing before. Um, but if like we're not winning without Andy Reid, I think that also just kind of like cements Andy Reid's legacy. Like, but pretty much everyone's legacy gets cemented to the highest of the outcomes if that happens. Um, and then I don't know, like we'll just kind of look at it and say, like, darn it, like I, you know, opportunity missed, sure, but at the end of the day, we still got to watch the greatest coach of all time and the greatest quarterback of all time play for ten years, and I don't really care at that point. Yeah. That's how I, I agree. 
I don't know. I, I, I just think it's one of those things you think about. It's like, yes. Yeah. I mean, you see Brady play till 45, and it's just like, well, you know, what if Mahomes played till he was like 38? Because, like, yeah. you think we have 10 more years more. Because, like, because, like, as you sit here today, you think, oh, we have like 10 years of Mahomes still, like, easy. And it's just like, do we? Do we? Like, right. What if it's only five? And your his playing style will change as he gets older. You know his mobility will change, his arm strength yeah, yeah. will change. It's it's the adjustments he has to make when he gets right. there. Hopefully, yep. he learned to adjust to stay in the pocket a little bit more with through his ankle injury. And that's the, when he stayed in the pocket. That's yeah, the, and we're we're speaking a lot of hypotheticals here. I, I'm just excited for this off season. There's a lot. There's a I'm lot of question. What? I'm excited to be a Super Bowl champion again. I'm, you know, we mentioned it earlier. You know, not many people, fans all across America, are either discouraged. There's only one champion this year, and it was us. You know, one of 32. We're one of 32. So while we're speaking of this legacy stuff, and we're pushing two hours and 30 minutes here, and my parents will be getting here to help me work on my house soon. I want to make sure that I get this in here at least before I possibly have to go because I told Beans and I promised to fight a great, a great. Yeah, fight, let, a great let's battle. just get into hot takes. All right, let's get it. Yep. So if any, um, I don't know if either of you got one before me and Beans fight to the death. Uh, neither one of us will be alive after. Honestly, uh, with this show has been long enough. I think, uh, I think Beans and I no hot takes. Let's have you guys fight and then you go work on your house. What do you All think? right. Sounds Beans. good. I struggle as a fan to root for this Kansas City team. I oh, you hate the players. Well, no, I hate. Like, pardon God, me, I, huh? Pardon me. Yeah, I like legitimately. The more I watch this team, the more I follow this team, the more I just like. Pay attention to, and I want to this team, this like Kansas City culture, everything. I struggle to support them. I struggle to like aimlessly and just recklessly. Yeah, I will. I will uh, go into detail, but I want to know your opinion or your thoughts right now. First initial reaction. What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, we are assholes. We are like we 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 rewrite everything that is like and I I'm preface this. Like when people say what it takes to win in the NFL, that is a complete construct. That is a complete idea. That is there's nothing right or wrong about that. But we like rewrite everything that is supposed to be like that is supposed to be and that's okay. But we're also just assholes about it. We are like, I like that. Like the juju stuff afterwards is like the easy thing to point out. But um, talking about like Travis calling out the mayor, all of that stuff, just all of that baked in. Just like I struggle, like I can't look at how the Eagles handled everything after getting the shaft in a way that I did not like, like or support. And then I look at the way that we handle it, and this is a consistent theme with this team. And just from a, like, personal standpoint, what I want to personally support, like the shit with Will Howard, where you have adversity, you go through it, whatever. I, this Kansas City team doesn't face adversity. They just get open throws, 
and do bullshit, and then they just like laugh at everyone else because they have to play a different sport than they're playing. Oh, I know what it is. So not o- so we're assholes, but you also struggle to root for the Chiefs because you have like perpetual underdog syndrome. Well, like no, I just want to cheer for that. Like I, I have no issue with us winning. We're if we were winning and like playing the same sport as other people. That would be different. And then if we were winning, playing the same sport, and not being assholes about it too, that would be different. But like that, that was kind of like later this week, I was just like thinking through all this stuff. And that was kind of my reaction. And mostly for just like seeing Bean's face right now and Bean's thought process and everything. Wanted to get that out live on air before I told him. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you, Gene. Like, for what I want to root for, I not only – I'm fine with you winning all the time. I'm fine cheering for greatness. But the way we go about it is in a way that's hard for me to support. And like, So I'm, I'm just – I guess I'm just confused. Like, are you – you don't like this year, like this year and how things no, went? Because I want though, you to remember – I want you to remember multiple, and I don't care what anybody fucking says, multiple analysts, ESPN, you know, NFL Network, whoever, did not did not have us winning the AFC West, did not have us making the playoffs, did not have us making it to the AFC Championship game, did not have us going to the Super Bowl, or even have us winning the Super Bowl. We have been counted out in all five aspects. We were counted out. Everybody thought we were going to be down this year. And nobody wanted us here. Everybody counted against us. We weren't supposed to win against the Bengals. We weren't supposed to win against the Eagles. We weren't supposed to win against insert name here. That is where, like, I think it's different because that chip on our shoulder was created by everybody else. That chip on our shoulder wasn't because we are bad people. It's not because I'm not saying we're bad people or anything. It's not because, like, we're cocky sons of SOBs. It's because it's because. No, it's because of the chip on our shoulder that's created by everybody else saying that they're counting us out. And th- I, this this is me saying, don't ever count us out. Me, as a sports fan, has been through years of heartache, years of disappointment. You know, everything from Grawback being a quarterback back in 2000, Trent Green being a quarterback. He was a great quarterback. We never won a Super Bowl with him. Marty Schottenheimer was a great head coach. We never won a Super Bowl with him. We had Priest Holmes. We had Dante Hall. We had all of Tony Gonzalez. We had all of these guys. We had multiple chances to be a Super Bowl contender, be in the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, multiple chances. Then we get to the point where we have Brody Coyle as a starting quarterback. We have Tyler Bray as a starting quarterback. Brady Quinn, who is a former first-round pick, that was a bust as a starting quarterback, and it never worked out. Then we had Alex Smith. We had the ghost of Alex Smith come in, and we had the most vanilla offense that you could have ever asked for. And we still couldn't – we lose to the Colts down by – we were up by 30 and lost it. There's been multiple times as a fan, as a fan. And 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 I don't like the bandwagon fans that come on uh, now because they are experiencing this now and never experienced the heartache. I have been through the heartache. I have been through the hard times. The, it, it was rough. I, I, I've came on this before. Tyler Thigpen was a starting quarterback, and I was so excited because he was, you know, the best thing we've ever seen. For Tyler Thigpen, nobody even knows who that fucking is. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody. Tyler Thigpen, more like it. All right. So this is that that creates a chip on my shoulder as a fan. That's why I cry after the Super Bowl. That is why I cheer for this team. That is why I love this team. Eat, breathe, sweat this team. That you know, I will 
die on the hill that, you know, so you can, you, you can come on here and say, you don't like this year's team because of how, um, how we've reacted, calling people jabronis, calling out the mayor and any, everything like that. But I just want to say that it's been created through a years of years, years of heartache, years of disappointment. And let's kind of flip the script here. K-State goes and wins the national championship. They make the run. Wouldn't that chip be on your shoulder, too, if they were counted out in the same fashions? Well, okay. So you got to put yourself. Oh, God. Okay. So you got to put yourself in the. We've won our Super Bowl. We've, we've, I've, I've, I've had that moment. I've had that emotional moment. I, like, love that team at that time. Basically, everything since then, since we got to the top, it's A, not like right now, not appreciating how we act on the top. And that's been the same since that Super Bowl. And then B, we also just like, like, I, there's no better way to put it than like Juju just like getting scheme shit, getting easy shit, shit. We don't do anything like, I don't want to say impressive, but like the, the way that we go about winning is different than every other team. We then fucking stop us. I want to look at the other team. Like, if we're doing things so simple, I want the other team to stop us. I, Go I, ahead and I, try I, to I prevent us from winning. I'm not disagreeing with you, but at the same time, like us being counted out at the beginning of the season versus what we've learned now, because you and I have talked about here, it doesn't matter who we have on our team. Like it doesn't matter. We're just going to, we like, proved that this year. We're going to win. None of that matters. Well, if none of that, A, I hate that none of that matters because we're playing a different sport than everyone else if that doesn't matter. And that bothers me. And then on top of that, we have this just like, cheat code in the nfl that nobody else appears to have and then we're assholes about it when we do win and that that just bothers me personally that's the part that like sticks with me and rubs me the wrong way that's the only thing us winning the initial super bowl and all that i get that but now we're we're here we're where we are and like the national media can say and do whatever they want but the georgia bulldogs were apparently like doubted on and no one thought that they could win a national title but like all that stuff just kind of like a constant people People are going to always talk shitty on you and, like, all of that shit. You can find that, like, people doubt that stuff everywhere. That I'm just talking about, like, where we are over the last couple of years and the more that I, like, watch this and experience this and see this, that stuff just rubs me the wrong way as a fan. That's all that I, like, that's where I'm at. That's that's all I wanted to, like, get out there. Is that That's how I feel. I, I hate that shit. No, I get it. You're you're very much a win win um win good. You're kind of like a win with pride kind of guy. Well, um, well and if you win, like I I don't know if you ran a fucking track race against somebody and one dude had a go kart and you're on your legs and then the dude on the go kart victory lap because he beat you on his go kart. Like I'm not gonna like that in the exact same way, and that's kind of how I feel with this Kansas City team. No, and. I get that. I get that. We have the best roster. It's not, I don't even say we have the best roster. We have probably one of the worst. We have a terrible roster and we are winning. I want everybody else to catch up to us. Okay. Catch up to us. Try and do what we're doing. Go and find your path. Go, go get your Andy Reid. You have your chance. Go find him. Go, go find a similar Andy Reid. Go do, go do your job and find him. And uh, again, with that, like the, I joked about this earlier. How the fuck has Andy Reid not gotten, or Eric Bieniemy not gotten, like, poached out of our system yet? Like, that just, 
And that and that's um, that, that, that that's their thing. Me. They didn't want to go and find somebody who's shadowed under Andy Reid. I'm sorry the NFL doesn't make smart decisions. I'm yeah. sp- I'm sorry that yeah. the NFL is dumb. We've talked about that. That was the very first episode we've ever made. The NFL is dumb. Yeah. I'm sorry that they've never wanted to snap Eric Bieniemy. So it's not my job as the fan to um how do I put this? Feel sorry, I guess. Feel sorry for the fans for me or for the for the other teams organizations making stupid decisions. It's their job to go and try to match what we're doing. But us winning, us doing what we're doing, me being grateful for what we're doing and how we're doing it is because of what's been said to us. And I don't think we're bad fans. I don't I don't think so. I don't no, think not about it. Well, I don't think we have I don't I don't think we have anybody screaming at everybody else saying I don't think you know honestly like when Patriots fans were winning all the time they they were kind of cocky about it they were very cocky about it I don't think we're cocky about it I just think we're in, I think we're I think we're very much enjoying the moment I think that's where it's different I think we're enjoying this moment and we're looking forward to um the future and what everything's happening. I think there's a difference. I think, I think I kind of, I, but I think we see it from a different perspective. Yeah. Like I said, I see that difference. Like where you see that I see stepping over the line a lot. And then I also see us like just not playing the same game as other teams. And I, that those, it's really just a consistent theme with this team. And I, I just see it differently than you. Um, if we were winning and then came out of the game and like, I don't want to like put it like this, but just like talk like the Eagles did, like it's a business. And then you go celebrate, you go do whatever you want when you celebrate. Well, no. And so I think, I think this is where it's different. Like with us being counted out this year, you won't agree with that, but people did count us out oh, the whole season. And so I think, and everybody talked about this being a rebuilding year. I think this was kind of the prove it. I think from now on, I think you will see a shift. I will think you see a different, um, fan base you know now we expect it now we're going to win this now the super bowls i think this is now where you see that shift in the fan base you know if we go to the super bowl next year and win it i think you see that shift i think you see a very different fan base we're here just to appreciate it cheer for it well, i don't think we're ever screaming fuck you to any fans unless no, you know i don't have really a problem with many of our fans it's really just the well the i latest. think this i think the scenario is where it has us different I think yeah. that's where it is. I, I want to uh, say one thing that I want to hear Sam's thoughts because we've just been unloading for here uh, for a little bit. Um, but if everyone's counted out, no one is type of thing is kind of how I look at that. Uh, okay, syndrome. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, every single team has, you know, the like, you have to have that as an athlete. I don't want to take that away from them. But like, also, like, I'm not going to use that as like a. Like, oh, people doubted us, so that's why I love this team. Every team is fucking doubted, so it's not something that differentiates this team from any other team. And um, I agree with that, because, like, the Eagles, nobody expected the Eagles to win the suit. Nobody expected the Eagles to be there, but I think... My father. My father well, told me all season the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. And and that's Eagles. because... Where, where, where are you at, Sam? We're both... Mean Beans are just on opposite sides. Where is Sam? I think it's pretty funny, honestly. Um, I'm, I mean, I think Juju, here's the thing, right? If you're going to cross the line, you have to be funny about it. It was pretty funny what Juju did. I mean, Travis Kelsey calling the mayor jabroni is like objectively hilarious. Um, I don't know. 
we're playing basketball on the field before the Super Bowl, just like yeah. I don't. I don't know. I to me, to me, it's more about the bottom line. I guess like I don't know. Like if we're with like winning is obviously important. Um, I. I, I guess for me, I would rather have stuff like this than like one of our players beating his wife. So um, <laughs> no, we just we, we just we, picked those guys up off free agency. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. they're like, they're yeah. here, Sam. It's just there was I. There's a meme on my phone. You know the Shrek meme where it's like, can you like stop doing like that for five minutes or whatever? Like that meme. I have that meme on my phone, except it's like, can you stop? committing domestic violence for five minutes and it's just a chief's logo to where he turns at when he's looking at donkey so that's about as bad as it got yeah um and honestly like i don't i don't know this, I, I think this it's is purely of- a personal preference thing what like i want to root for as a fan because i i also don't want to get caught into the like oh we live near kansas city and can just like go to games so i'm gonna be fans for them and like watch them because i'm close like i, I mean, want to name me another fan base that isn't like this though for me, oh. for me though i root for the team and not really for players like I got no fucking Chiefs jerseys like in my inventory, but I got. I don't either. I don't either. I got a Chris Olave because I like Chris Olave and a, and a Rondo Moore because I drafted tenth in a rookie draft one time, and like I got a Jacoby Myers and I got like a T Y Hilton and I got a Christian Kirk and I got a Josh Jacobs and a Michael Thomas and a T Higgins and a CMC and a Julio Jones. Like those are the players I like, and like I like players on the Chiefs. Like I like Pat, I like I like Trav, I like Chris Jones, like you know I like all those dudes. But like at the end of the day, I'm rooting for the team. Like in 20 years, like none of those players are gonna be on the fucking team. I'm so still gonna I'm root like, for that team though. Yeah, like I, I feel like it, it's for me. I can still like listening to uh, Kanye's music, but think Kanye's an idiot and not like him personally. It's like the separation between the yes. art and the yeah. artist. Um, and honestly, like I'm also a big NBA fan, and NBA is just all about drama. So and so I like drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I can see this is purely a like personal preference thing, and it's just like how I feel and stuff. But just the it really just boils down to the consistent theme of us just playing a different game of like just visually and objectively than other teams and then go stepping over the line every single time when it comes to like that winning and stuff that's just stuff that personally i dislike and it's something that i guess i wish was different about this team that's really all that it like boils down yeah and i mean honestly i probably excuse it because they're on my team like eli apple but like, here's the thing, dude. Like, I like Pat Bev, and Pat Bev's just like an instigator. Like, Pat Bev just talks shit on everyone. So maybe I just like people. Maybe I just like shit talkers. I don't know. I mean, Jalen Ramsey talks shit all the time, but guess what? He backs it up by being good. You know, it. It's. Like, I, I think Eli Apple's hilarious. Like that. Eli Apple's. Hilarious. I mean, like, I love Eli. Like Eli Apple's hilarious. Eli Apple's good for the NFL. Eli stinks, but you know. Eli Apple's good for the NFL for a. Uh, 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 enemy reasons but like 
I would. I wouldn't want him on my team. I would want him on my team because he stinks, not because he's not, not because yeah. he's a savage. Like if Eli Apple was good, I wouldn't give a shit. Devonte Buffett, Buffett, whatever his name was, he everybody hated him, but he was good for the NFL for drama purposes. I mean, it's yeah, but like Montez Perfect, like injured people though. Like I'm not that's, about yeah. like I'm not about like dirty players, and I'm not. Montez Perfect, honestly, like that one hit that he got suspended for the season on was kind of garbage. Like in retrospect, that was just like a oh my god, like can you please stop, get out of here, suspension. But, like, there's a big difference between, like, actually going out and committing dirty plays and then just being an asshole online. Like, there, there's no. a big difference. Yes. That, that's the stuff that, like, bothers me the most. You do whatever the fuck you want during the game, like, as long as it's not dirty and that stuff, which we don't do any of that crap. It's literally just everything outside of football, like, us playing basketball before the game and just, like, I just... My brain. But how often? But here's my question to you: How often do we see a bit? You know, do they do that before their game? Maybe that's their pregame warm up. I don't know. It, it's. It, I've never seen it. But this is something that's that they the could probably do. You don't see it on every other team because my brain tells me like this is what you're supposed to do. All of the other teams do it. I don't want to fall into that trap of. So then, like, why don't the teams match what we're doing? Why don't they try to do what we're doing? I, I agree with you, Beans. But like, we're also. I don't, you got to put yourself into the perspective. Uh, imagine some, you're, I can't put it into any other person. This is what like. No, don't say, don't put yourself in the perspective of the losing team. Cause we were the losing team. Well, I was, I was on the experience of the other side of the field where the other team is just jacking off on each other. Just warm in the warm up while we're on the other side, just sitting here wondering, pulling our pud, like how the fuck are we going to win this game? Beans. You you train your whole life for this race, and then you get out on the track, and some dude who's just been, like, banging his wife in the stands and fucking around, he's sitting there just, like, doing whatever the fuck he wants while you're, like, trying to get focused, locked in, and then he gets on the track, has a go-kart, and burns your ass because you can't contend with a go-kart. And then after the race, he's in your face, like, calling you names, talking shit on you, getting online and posting shit about okay. how you're trash. But was that guy at the beginning of the race talking shit? Was he coming up to you and saying, you're not supposed to win this game? You're not supposed to be no, here? he's fucking around. He's just fucking around. Every no, the time other time guy, the guy that's losing, the guy that's supposed out. to lose. No, the guy that's lo- the guy that you said lost. Uh, is he? Yeah, a, a, you well, that's you. Yeah, oh, you gotcha. Personally. Gotcha. Yeah, Beans, were you talking you shit, bro? You deserved it. Like, no, I don't ever talk shit because I know I I, I'm not going to talk shit. I'm going to talk facts. I'm going to say that. I was saying to put yourself in that scenario because that's how I feel, and it doesn't feel good, and I don't like that. That's literally like what I'm saying. I, I guess I don't see it. I don't know where that, we're that's doing. Fine. That, I don't that's know fine. who us calling the mayor jabroni was because he was calling. He was, you know, I don't know what exactly I, I he said. I really have a problem with that. Like the juju thing bothers me. We put stuff out. On okay, but that's Juju. That's him individually. Take it out on Take it out on Juju. What Juju did was an individual thing. That's just Juju being Juju. The I fact that we kept him. Players, though. Like, the players are a part of our team. I know. And Juju doing that, like, we've kept him under wraps all year. Like, honestly. He's very Tony under wraps. And Canary's Tony has done terrible things. Exactly. Like, so Billy we do a good. Like racist to vacuum cleaners. Exactly. He hasn't beat a vacuum cleaner since then, has he? Willie did beat the shit out of a back vacuum cleaner that one time. God, that's a that's a really funny. I gotta refine that tweet or something. God, that was funny. So, um, so my my perspective on this is like, 
we we work our asses off. We are constantly working, constantly. Yes, we work our asses off. Do we? You not? Yes. I I see it from us as like practicing bullshit plays in practice that nobody else does, and then just kind of like go out and. And guess what? That bullshit play was called corn dog, and we ran it twice for two touchdowns. And we didn't even line up right for the second one. And we didn't even line up right on the second one. What are our players doing besides, like, lining up and running the cheese plays that our coaching staff gives them and winning and with the go-kart of an offense that uh, we have that the rest of the NFL doesn't Then go make a go-kart defense. Go make a go-kart defense to stop us. Dota wall. Good shit wall. I guess we just see it from a different perspective. To break up this conversation that our viewers probably don't care about. I told you we were going to fight about this. I I honestly, like, we traded Brittany, and uh, I I think Brittany gets, like, way too much hate. That's tough, too. Jesus Christ. Okay, Brittany does get a lot of hate. Brittany gets way too much hate for, like, literally nothing, because Barstool is just, like, Barstool just knows that, like, weirdos will, like, engage with anything. With her, I see. I see her as just being a supportive wife. I guess, in my I mean, opinion, she was like pretty annoying for like one season, and, and then, then she was like, kept under wraps. <laughs> like Barstool, Barstool took it to a level that was just like, oh my god, like this is. I think. Be- I think they wouldn't notice her yeah, if it was just her, because like he just does. But we traded both of them for Pat Mahomes' dad the last uh, two games. <laughs> the greatest improvements of all time. And speaking of like just. To Gavin's point of just fucking talking shit, that man has dropped two bars the past two games <laughs> of talking shit, and so maybe Gavin is right. Maybe we do talk too much shit, but it it was pretty funny. It's it is done really I, fun. It's it's talking shit with the like also us having an unfair advantage in my mind. That that's the part that bothers me. If we didn't have an unfair advantage, I wouldn't care. But like, cause beans is, I understand beans that other teams should just do that, but they don't right now. So we are playing them with an unfair advantage and then making fun of them, like with making fun of them because they can't do that. That's fine. But also like, why are we victory lapping when we have an unfair advantage? That's how I feel. That's like where my brain is. I understand. Weren't the Bengals, weren't the Bengals victory lapping when they were up on us? Two yes, or th- absolutely. Three? I don't like the Bengals. I don't support the Bengals. But for the same reason that you just said, I find it hard to support the Chiefs. And we didn't, I don't, th- I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see it. No, I, that's way. okay. I still like, like the Chiefs and support them and everything, but there's things about the team and the culture that I just dislike. And like I said, you might see that perspective change. Like we're in hey. this, we're in this weird time where like, this year was a little different because how how people didn't support us, and then now now next year if we just go out there and beat the brakes off everybody, now it's just the expectation. Now we're here to win Super Bowls. We're creating that dynasty. People are here. I, I think you'll see a shift. Maybe I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. No, I I I hear everything. I agree with you. I for the same exact reasons that like I loved the Will Howard story. I talk shit on the dude. The dude has gone through so much fucking adversity. I love cheering for that stuff. The dude ends up winning a championship. That's the stuff I want to cheer for. You having an unfair advantage, winning and talking shit, I just don't have like a lot of time for. That's really all it boils down to. That's just personal preference. Um, but that that's also where I'm at. I just wanted to I wanted to fight that through with you. 
Could you imagine Jackson Mahomes and Pat Mahomes' dad having a conversation? No. No, I could not. I don't think they talk to each other. I really don't. I don't know. I I would want to see okay. what they I do got to get like. out of here, though. My parents are here. All right. Ooh, get We're, them on. We could have, like, three guests. No, I, I, we, I, we've been doing this for, like, two, almost three hours now. So Yeah, let's get out of here, guys. Let's get out. Uh, we have to cut the shit down, Beans. I won't. It's going to all stay. Hey, it's a, it's an extra long episode for an extra special occasion. Wow. All right. Well, we want to thank our special guest, Matt, who, you know, Matt Totten just came in out of random. I knew he was coming, but out of random. We want to thank the Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl and giving us content. And we want to especially thank Beans for creating this podcast. On to season two, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. Yep. Season two, Flyover State Sports Show. This has been the Flyover Morning Show. Um, I'm going to, you know, do a different outro because, you know, this is a new show now because season two. So, everybody, thank you again for the support for season one. Season two is starting off the chains, and we'll see you guys the next morning. Bye.